Welcome to the EAT Podcast. It's episode number 16. I'm your host, Jerry. Co-host on the other side over there is Russ. Russ, how you been, buddy? <laughs> uh, we're doing, doing good here. It was uh, All right. You know, another year older, turned 38 this week. And uh, Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. So we're, we're excited and uh, now moving forward and going to make it a good, good 38. All right. So we got a lot to get to tonight. We're going to have two special guests. We're going to have Danny and Sean, friends of the show, uh, come on and talk about the NHL and some wrestling news. We got some big stuff going on there. Now that the uh, WWE has some live fans coming back to the arena, they're doing a 25-show road tour, which they just announced. And the first uh, first show in front of fans was this weekend. They had their Money in the Bank pay-per-view and SummerSlam's coming. Some big names are coming back. We'll get into that. We'll get into the expansion draft. We'll get into baseball, NBA finals. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on. But uh, first, let's get to current events. Russ, Bezos going up uh, into space. Take it away. I want to hear uh, what you thought about all this because I'm think, I'll give you my thoughts right after you say yours. I think everybody was thinking the same thing. There was <laughs> a giant dick headed into space. <laughs> and his rocket looked like a, a dildo. So. Uh, now, yeah. I mean, Bezos is a, is a billionaire. So who is he paying to create this or who gives him the plans and goes, hey, we're going to send you into space with this? And then he looks at it and goes, uh, I don't know about that. Well, he's got the money to do it. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, it's kind of funny to think of all the world's problems. These guys are throwing away billions to go to space. But I mean, listen, I guess in the end, the technology they help develop, you know, to, to get further and find out what's out there and uh I laugh because one kid, an 18-year-old kid went up and his father paid $28 million so that he could go. And uh, I did like him taking the uh, the 80-year-old uh, woman, the NASA woman there that was denied. Um, that yes. was actually kind of a cool move. But, yep. the, uh, you know, this is the race of the uh, race of the billionaires, I guess. I mean, it's kind of cool, but it just in the end, I guess, uh, unless it contributes to NASA's future plans, it's just one giant waste of money. But I'm not going to lie. I want a shitload of you know shitload of money i guess it'd be kind of cool to go you know up into the atmosphere there and so. so let me ask you quick um word is word has come out that blue origin which is the company behind this with, with bezos has taken in a hundred million dollars in tickets i mean it's not a lot of money but I mean, it, is, it is a lot of money but when you put it in the grand scheme of things i'm sure that the the money they've spent has been billions in getting this going and starting it up but Who's paying all this money to go to space? I mean, regular guy like me and you, we're not sitting behind, sitting here behind a desk uh, with millions no. in the bank going, oh, we're going to go to space for 10 minutes like they did. I mean, who's paying for this? Who's, who's see, doing this? I don't uh, – rich kids, rich, rich, <laughs> rich, rich millionaires themselves because I don't see in the future like – it's not like an airplane where they can make it cost effective. This is going to space at the rocket. These cost you know, billions of dollars. I don't see yeah. recouping that money to do continuous, you know, like, you know, booking booking a space flight, you know, and having one a day. I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, but <laughs> listen, if you got the money, it's like it's, it's like I said, it's a cool thing, and uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, depending on the way you look at it, you know, a giant dick-looking rocket went into space, <laughs> giant dickhead in it. Um, but uh, that was all good. <laughs> But uh, I don't think really this week was kind of a quiet week with uh, with current events. Uh, the Britney thing has kind of calmed down. She got able to get her own lawyer now. Um, I, was, I was just going to say, Britney got a new lawyer, but I haven't seen what's really going on with that yet. Uh, any update? 
No, I know she, she shit on her father in an Instagram post and a bunch of people. Apparently, her sister was supposed to be her sports system and uh, ended up singing her songs on stage and with to remixes and and pissed her off. But uh, <laughs> I mean, other than that, other than sports, it really was a, a, a quiet week. So as far as as far as I can tell, but uh, we're gonna jump right into it and bring on our two special guests, two guys that I've known for a little bit and extremely knowledgeable with hockey, especially the Rangers. Um, but we're gonna discuss the the goings of the Seattle Kraken, um, their little folly with their league picks. Uh, what's going on with the Rangers? What's going on with the drafts and free agents? And uh, we're gonna take it away. And here's Sean, and here is Danny. What's up? Welcome, guys. What's going on, up, guys? guys? How are you? Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks for having us on. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. All right, so, Russ, you want to take it away here? Uh, Danny, well, sure. big space, hockey so. fans, let's get right into the Seattle expansion draft yesterday. ESPN showing their first event under the new contract they just signed to broadcast. So what we were thinking was is that I, I was thinking that, and I think you guys might agree, that the NHL – schedule the draft with ESPN, their first big you know event, to have it at 8 p.m., but made them make all their picks due by what, like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., and they ended up all getting leaked. And, uh, you know, discussing it with Danny here, the uh, personally, I could have gave two craps about watching the uh, the draft because I already knew who was being picked. And, and what are your thoughts on that, Danny? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm not even bothering. The only one that was a holdout was uh, we didn't know Detroit until late. Like 5 p.m. Like because they released uh, that was the only one that uh, I think that was the only pick nobody knew about, and it was uh, Dennis the defenseman, Dennis Cholowski. Yeah, <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of trouble with a lot of names. <laughs> God, I like that player too. Yeah, I'm sure. that... <laughs> oh, and I saw the clip of whose whose name got botched. They used the Skittles guy. He tried to read it and then he was leaving Kevin Weeks hanging. He was trying to give him a like a bro hug, a bro and, and he's like, Don't leave me hanging, bud. Well, I, I did laugh at Chris Fowler um calling the Carolina Hurricanes the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. And people jumped on him for that. It's like, come on, how many times do our guys mess up teams? Right. Well, yeah, yeah. No, we right. Sam's not for that. It, I mean, Sam yeah. messes up. Uh, oh. uh, it's a goal. Wait, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's hockey. Well, it's, uh, no. I did laugh. <laughs> I like Chris Fowler from the other teams, you know. And Chris yeah, Fowler's going off on uh, the Devils and going off on going off on the Leafs and going off on the Sabres. I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Um, I did notice that the Panthers, the, Car the Florida Panthers, did jump on it and uh, – Told the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter that they could, uh, you know, come join them for a little bit. And I know Sean, you, I, I think it was you that was a little critical of the college interns running running hockey teams uh, Twitters lately. Was that you? Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, like reading fucking high school stuff. You know, it's like hey, listen, I don't I think know. It's, listen, I think it's pretty it's pretty entertaining. I guess it's, I'm, I'm not on that generation. You, you know, it's for a different it's for a different uh, demographic. I guess you know. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Um, did you feel that there was any unusual picks? Like, I'm surprised that – I still don't understand the Giordano thing. You know, why, why is Calgary letting him go? I mean, he's currently 38. 
I mean, he's got one year. It was I think it's one year left. I don't see how he really helps. I mean, I mean, you want a veteran, I guess, but I don't see how he helps other than this year with Seattle. And judging by the roster, I mean, I think a lot of people said that about Vegas too, that this roster looks like crap and it turned out to be something really good. But I don't see it with the crack in here. And I don't see where like a pick like Giordano or why wouldn't you take a chance with a Voracek or even a Tarasenko. Uh, I understand price. There's a litany of issues with that. You know, So I understand them not actually taking him. But – why not take a chance on anybody else? A lot of these names, I'm looking at them like that. That's who they took. Because I think they, they got that. something like $28 million in cap space now. Yeah. And that's yeah, what this whole thing was about was cap space. So they weren't going to load up on anybody too pricey. I go see stuff after the draft and the free agency, what they do. But I think it's just step one. I just don't think they want to lock themselves to anything crazy. Like you said, Giordano's only yeah. one year. So it doesn't work out. You know, what is that, $6 million and change up for them for the season after? Yeah, but I still yeah. thought maybe they would have at least, you know, get a couple names in there. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Carrie Price wanted the name, you know. I would have, I would honestly, I would have loved Carrie Price simply for the fact that I think, I think when he was exposed, pretty much every Montreal fan went, "What, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what is going on?" And I think it would have caused chaos if they actually did take them. And I think Bergevin would have been freaking hung, you know. Right out, right outside the Bell Center. The thing about that was, that was Price's idea. Was it? Was it? Yeah. Price approached Bergevin. And he wanted to protect Allen. Unlike mm -hmm. another goalie that would never do that, but we'll now talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I know where that's going. <laughs> Sean favorite. Maybe Price just bought out in his final year. No, but Price. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, Price's wife is from Tri City, Washington, okay. which is like three hours from Seattle. Okay, and he has a summer home or something out there, so that's why they were kind. Of, and he played; I think he played in WHL. So th they were saying that that's kind of like the reason why, like he was okay with if it if it if he got chosen to go back there. All right, I, I didn't know that one. That's it's interesting. Yeah, I think it was Pierre Pierre LeBron said that. Okay. Well, He's got a summer house uh, there, like I think yeah. in uh, Columbia. Okay. Um, any other picks? Uh, any other picks surprise you guys or Tukarski from Philly? Yeah. Well, I, well, like I said, is there? Um, I, I, like I said, I still I would have taken Voracek. I think he's still got some gas yeah. left in the tank. Um, I like him though, Tukarski, because he's a. Uh, I think I think eight, the first year that he played under AV, he was like, I remember he was mashing people in like preseason, and then the first couple of weeks he was, he was doing pretty well, and next thing you know, I see like he was not playing, and then sent down to AHL. So I don't know if he had a brain fart, and then he's like done. You know how they blacklist certain players, so I don't know why he, why he fell out of favor with them, but uh, yeah. for. But he's only twenty three. But like you said, uh, that was Francis also has a connection with him too, right? Who? Ron Francis. I think Francis has a connection with him. I think you're right. Because I think he did yeah, come from some... California. Oh, and the other guy too from yeah. uh, Carolina. They took Geeky. They they took they took Geeky. Um mm -hmm. I was confused about the Yanni Gord thing. Um they took Gord, which I like, but 
then he says he's got to miss four months with surgery. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm wondering why they would take a chance on that. And they said there was no deal. That's kind. Of, I think it's kind of an odd choice to take a guy that needs surgery right off the bat. They well, they got enough. I don't even know if they got enough forwards to to fill a spot. They I was just going to say defense. that. I was just going to say right, that. Right. This this team was built with the with goalies being good or you know great. I mean, the yeah. guy from Washington had a great year. The guy from Florida had a great year. Um, then you look at the defense that they added. They added Vince Dunn. They added yeah. Giordano. Well, they added the a guy is, from Minnesota. I mean, they added some some bangers awesome. and some big guys for defense. They obviously built their team from the back end out. Right. But the question mark is definitely the forwards going forward. No pun intended. Going forward. My question, my question on the back end, aside from Giordano, is a guy like Vince Dunn, who I know the Rangers, you know, everybody was talking about it, you know, last year about you know acquiring this kid and how good he is, and I'm surprised that that I guess he fell off the wagon and. Uh, they let him get exposed, you know. I think he's young enough to make a, a difference there. Um, I, I'm surprised that Tanev got exposed in Pittsburgh. Um, aside from his crazy eyes look in his uh, in his photos, <laughs> they he, have uh, to use that one, right? I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I, he. I uh, like Tanev too. Yeah, he played very well against us. Seems like he's an excellent forechecker. Plays with an edge to his game. I'm surprised some of these people. Uh, um, did that? Uh, what do you call it? As far as where we go, the Colin Blackwell thing. Um, uh-huh. I was talking to Jerry about it. I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm kind of surprised they took Blackwell and not Gauthier because Blackwell's going to be 28. Yeah. And I was explaining to Jerry, he played very well for us last year. And I'm surprised they didn't want to try to keep him. But my my reasoning was. Is, Guy's been in the AHL for six, seven years and has never has not done a single fucking thing. And then last year was the only year he did anything. So I was surprised that they wouldn't take the young, the young kid. Uh, you know, he's got size and speed, but you know, just hasn't put it together yet. Yeah, that's an. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think he drafted him too. I think uh, Francis drafted him in Carolina too, or he yes, might have been. Is, he also comes from Carolina, so that was another yeah. thing I thought. That goes, he would go there, but uh, and then who's the other one? Well, Jordan Eberly left the Islanders, which I think I, that was that's good. Unless you're bringing in another guy to play center for them, right? Yeah. The rumor is Landeskog, which I mean, good luck. I hope you, you're going to overpay for that guy. Uh, you're going to compete with the you know the St. Louis's and the Colorado's who are, are rumored to be in the mix for that guy. But just one thing, Eberly. If you're the Islanders, go you should go. You got to go for Landeskog. This is your window right now. Look what Tampa did with McDonough. They overpaid McDonough, and they won two Stanley Cups. If you're the Islanders, where they are right now, I think you pay them. Hope for the first one of these next two, three years. You win. If you win in those two, three years, you're fine. And I hate to say it as a Ranger fan, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, they I, get agree with you. I was hoping that Seattle would take uh, Wall, uh, not Wallstrom, uh, Kiefer Bellows, because then that would leave the Islanders in a lurch. Yeah, because that would only remove that would remove like nine hundred fifty k instead of five. What the five point five Everly makes or five? So yeah, I, I have it right here. But they still they're still only seventeen million under. I mean, uh, with 28, 28 million under. I think the seventeen million to cap space the Islanders have. Oh
I'm going to re-sign Sezekias. They, they said Lou did a great if, job this whole time. Get, you know? but they, no, he's got to re-sign. He's got to re-sign Bavillier. He's an RFA. The goalie's an RFA, and Pellick's an RFA. But you know what's going to get I think I'm looking at cap friendly right now. That's a lot of. I think though, with Sean saying, you know, signing Parise and Suter, they're getting paid by their buyout, so they're going right. to take cheap contracts because they're they already should. getting their money. You know, and, uh, and which and a shipment of Geritol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what though. Suter, I think, still played pretty well. Um, yeah, he did. He played 22 they, minutes. Yeah, they both still played well. Um, and I think that Minnesota is going to be fucked contract-wise because their cap hit with their next buyout, year. you know, not next this year, year yeah. next year for two years is like $12 million each. Um, well, it, I think it's was. seventy. I think it's $14 million total on the two combined. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. that that's, a, that's a hell of a chunk. Um, oh, sure there is. I'm trying to think. This was being the running for, uh, running for Eichel too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get to uh, we'll get to Eichel in a few minutes. Um, so I don't I know like, who they have. I don't know who they have to give up for him either. I like uh, I like the pick of Donskoy from uh, Colorado. Seattle taking him. I like I like that kid. Donskoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am confused. Well, I mean, I'm not confused, but. They went big on on Chris Strager, who had a good year split with Bob, and I, I think I think Florida has to be kicking themselves because that kid could be their future. But they gave Bob such as an egregious Oof. contract, and he and he hasn't lived up to it. That yeah. you know they had no choice that they're not going to pay Dreger when they when you have Bob starting there. So I think they're kicking themselves that uh, they gave Bobrovsky that that contract. Yeah. Well, they have Spencer. It never made sense. Well, yes, they have, they have Spencer Knight as well, but I, uh, Dreger had the better. He had a really good, uh, yeah. had a really good year, and they were going to have to get paid. So, uh, what was that, Sean? Else? I said but, but that Bobrovsky contract never made sense. Like those, no, it never did. No, they over, Yeah, they overpaid for him well, and uh, I didn't see much out of Bobrovsky in Columbus in the playoffs. It looks like he faltered in the playoffs, and you know. I don't think he can handle the pressure. Uh, yeah, the one series against you know, Tampa, then, that was it, you know? Yeah. And then you got uh, Seattle taking Vitek Vanasek, who had a decent year. I guess that, that opens the door for Hank to come in with, with uh, was it Samsonov? Yeah. Yep. You know, so I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to be. And I, I, I know Sean's favorite player was Hank, so. Uh, I think he's coming back to the Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I was wondering that too. Has, there, I guess, well, has well, there ever been a guy whose money still counts on the buyout thing that re-signed with the, his, the team that bought him out? That's an interesting well, question. Now, I know right? when you get bought out. Yeah, when you get bought out, you can't re-sign that year, obviously. Yeah, uh, but the year's passed already. But the year's passed now. Mm. And I can see, I know that, I, I read the other day that um, teams have, a couple teams have asked about Georgiev. But the the want back is a first round pick, and teams are balking it, balking at it. But if yeah. something like that to happen, I would, I guess, I wouldn't rule it out of, you know, Hank coming back. But of course, we, me and Sean would debate Hank's ego, which um, would he accept? I think it would be a totally different thing now. He's, you know, just yeah. had his midlife yeah. crisis. Is he'd be a total different person? I, th- I, you know how much <laughs> I did not like that contract, but out yeah, for well, him coming back, well, is, he would come back for the minimum. You get rid of yeah. Georgia's two and a half million, whatever it is, 
and he'd be fine playing his 10 to 12 games and let Igor be them. I think it would just be a complete different thing. And I think it would be, I think it'd be a great thing if it happened. It'd be good for fans and be good for everything. Everyone, I, everyone wins in that situation. I think it, I think it is a little far fetched, but I would, I, I would, I think that'd be kind of interesting and cool if it did happen. Um, it just feel weird to see him in a different Jersey. Um, but, uh, did you see that thing on Twitter today? With the, no, there's a lot of things on Twitter today. <laughs> the, the, thing, yeah. the thing with the, uh, it's something like it. This doesn't seem right. Players in different jerseys, and oh, yes. Leech. it was yes. Leech, Leech in the Bruins shirt. Uh, yep. uh, Leech in the Bruins shirt. Um, I know because they were showing. I think it started with Carey Price in a edited uh, Seattle Kraken jersey. I think that's what started it. Yes. Um, fuck, he had to bring that up too because I had somebody in mind. And now I'm blanking because I when it ha- when I saw that it brought it up. But yes, seeing Leach in the jersey was is weird. Uh, it just, um, yeah. It was Jeff Hostetler as a Raider. No, no. How about uh, Ray Bork in the Avalanche jersey? That's a, yeah. that was a weird one for for Boston fans. Yeah, they supported. They were happy when he. Yeah, they supported it because they 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 wanted him to get his cup, and, uh, yeah. and he did. And I, I gotta tell you, dude, I grew up. You know, I'm 38. I, when I I grew up watching those those that was the end, I guess, the end of the wars between uh, Colorado and Detroit yeah. in the Western Conference. Those those were fucking great. The Yeiserman, Shanahan, Fedorov, uh, you know, the you know, one guy Larianoff, that started. Uh, it was Lariano started the, one of the melees too. Uh, yes, and that was there's he a was whole thing. Mugged, he was getting mugged by Forsberg, and he turned around and started throwing. Yeah, Claude Lariano. Claude Lemieux, and I, I, I know when, uh, if you saw on Twitter when Tampa won, Larionov's son tweeted that Kucherov called him up on dinner. Yeah, called up at dinner and was screaming into the phone like you, you know, you were the, you taught me you're the best. We, you know, we won. You know, yeah. I guess he had a huge influence on him. But those were wars back in the day. Patrick Waugh, Chris Osgood before, you know, before Hasher came, and but that was some fun to watch back in the day. You know, oh yeah. The club and you, the, 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 the what? McCarthy. What's that? They used to be, I said no, they used to be five back in the day. That was like the best feud of our era, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So what we got here? Let's move on. Let's uh. Let's go to the little Rangers here. So, the Gaudreau trade. Uh, I'll go with what you said with the, the Hank thing. You hated the contract. Love the player. Hate the contract. I'm not. I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. If 3.6 million for six years is it an overpay? Yes, but I think at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it's not some six, seven million dollar contract that you're not gonna be able to move, especially with the last year's like 1.75. So even though your cap hit is your standard 3.6, at least you could dump him to a team in the end. And he didn't do a full move, no trade. He did a 15 teamer. Um, but I really, I really love this kid. We, we people watched him. And my best comparison was a a more versatile Jesper Fast. Fast did everything right. He just didn't score. This kid seems to do the same thing, but he's more physical, a lot more physical. He plays all three positions, and you know, center, you know, left wing, right wing. He had 50% percentage on 100 and whatever faceoffs, which was higher than any player we had on the team last year. And he was one of their top penalty killers. So if people just get over the fact that he doesn't score. I think everybody will love him, you know, because he's just a bull in a china shop, but plays smart, plays an excellent, excellent yeah. defensive game. They, they won't be able to get. Oh, they can't. 
They're happy being miserable. <laughs> my father used to say about people like if they ain't bitching, they ain't talking. And that's exactly Ranger fans. Yes, the rival, yeah, I agree with let you. Me ask you. The rivalry. Let me ask you this. Uh, Who Vancouver is the last time the Rangers have Stanley Cup experience? Last right guy now, to have right it? now it would be Goodrell. No, yeah, I mean, before Goodrell. Goodrell. Richards? Adam McQuaid. <laughs> oh, that's oh, right. Oh, I like right. him too. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kreider went to the finals with the Rangers in fourteen. No, 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 he's winning no. the cup. Winning, winning the cup. Oh, winning the cup. Oh, he's right. Yeah. Adam McQuaid. Adam McQuaid with Boston. That's right. You need guys like that in your locker room, so that's why you're overpaying. They don't have a guy like that in the system. Sometimes you got to overpay. Three million is really not that much when the cap goes up in years, you know. Or here's the thing: is we all hoped that Brandon Lemieux would be that guy, mm. and he was sort of, except he didn't always play smart, took bad penalties, and you know he wasn't, you know the. Obviously, he didn't take face-offs, no, and, and he wasn't that great of a, you know, didn't really play much, you know, with the penalty kill as much. So, the uh, Goudreau is what you want with the great physical physical player that's extremely versatile. And like I, like you said, Danny, you know, if he doesn't score, you know, 20 goals, he's a bum, he's lost. But, you know, any real hockey fan is going to understand that that you need guys like this. And, you know, and it's like a, if you look at the team, it's not like this guy played on with Stamkos, so not even he's not really facing the team anymore. It's not like he played with Kucherov. He played with what Yanni Gordon, Blake Coleman. So they're decent right. players, but it's not like he had superstars to make him look good. He made himself look good. Yeah. Exactly. Just went to the playoffs with him. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, we gotta we gotta get there first. So and, yeah, and scoring yeah, yeah. and people act like when somebody scores twenty goals, they're like that's no big deal. It's freaking hard to score a goal in the NHL. <laughs> you put up twenty. That's a pretty darn good season. It is because they look at they look at like what Ovechkin does, which that's an that's an aberration. Nobody does what he does. No, I mean he's an old, everybody he's an old, knows old he's old getting world. that one timer from the circle, and they still can't stop it. Yeah, it's just his shot is amazing. I, I would I love to see the comparisons of like you know Gretz, people the other day people put how would Ovechkin do in Gretzky's days? Oh yeah, and I don't th- I, I don't oh, think- forget it. I don't think people realize that, you know, player like Ovechkin would, I think, would even destroy, even beat Gretzky stuff because, you know, people say, oh, well, it was more, you know, more physical back then. Yeah, they were maybe tougher, you know, but they were all fucking half of them drinking beer, smoking fucking cigarettes in the locker room. Yeah. Players these days, oh, the game is far tighter and the, uh, every player is in tip top shape and, uh, Ovechkin still dominates the shit out of everybody. Yeah. You know, I would like to see Al McGinnis take a slap shot with one of the sticks. They use none of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we're that Ally Afraidy. That was the that was those were the fun days of the All Star game. Was you're right, Ally Ally Afraidy and his half balding fucking long hair comb over. <laughs> and, uh, and Al McGinnis and everybody was like, "Oh my god, ninety five miles an hour!" Right. You know, but Did he hit like, right, one year or something? One, yeah, he was up to 105, 180. 100. But yeah. you're right. The sticks then were not the, the flex sticks they have now. And, and uh, no. you know, you get totally different torque on them. And I played an alumni hockey game two years ago my, in my uh, high school. And we played at the Rangers Training Center. And a rye? What? Was it rye Playland? No, no, a Greenberg. 
Oh, they yeah, moved no, they moved, right? They moved. Yeah, the, and um, mm-hmm. so they had it. They had it hooked up where it was one team was Mateau and one team was Graves. So Mateau, I was on the Mateau team, and I was sitting in the, my cubicle. He was sitting next to me getting dressed, and he's looking at the sticks. And every stick is uh, like the flex stick, except yeah. one, except for two wooden Sherwoods, which were mine. <laughs> and he goes who's the old f-? he's like who's the old fuck here and i go you know what's funny is i had that's like one of my favorite sticks was a wooden sherwood yeah and uh i want to say it was like a shanahan curve um <laughs> th- th- those were fun but uh so you so you got my toe there um what do you call it he's a really big guy he's enormous i know and you know what's funny is i, I told jerry a couple of years ago, I know. A couple of years ago, I worked security at uh, at well, I still sort of do. I, I haven't really since pandemic, but I worked security at Mulcahy's in Nassau County, and they had my boss called me, and he's like, "Listen, I need you to work an event during the week." And I'm like, "I don't fucking work an event during the week, dude. Like, I have a job, a day job." And he's like, "No, they're doing like some head of the head of uh, Madison Square Garden is retiring, and a bunch of the '94 Rangers are going to be there." And he's like, you can work, but you can also mingle. And I was like, I'm going to work during the week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember that happened. Yeah. I, I end up, uh, Richter was there. Uh, I had a nice conversation with Leach, uh, Kovalov, Graves, uh, Matteau, uh, Messier, all were there. And all of them are, I'm, a, I'm not tall, but I'm a big guy. Sean knows me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. Um, they all, I, I'm like, were astonished. And how big these guys really were in person. Yeah. And Ko- Kovalov looked like he could run a KGB fucking hit squad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this man looks like he can take a 10 mile trek through the mountains carrying an MP5 and yeah. hunch you down without breaking a sweat. Um, and and Matteau and all of them, I was I was surprised at how big these guys actually were. And yeah. on a side note, I mean they all were great. Richter was great, Adam Graves. Nicest fucking guy in the world. Yeah, I showed him a picture of my kids when they were born. Um, my two kids in Ranger jerseys, and he called over his wife and was like, Honey, come look at this. That man stayed till everybody was gone, thanked everybody, and took pictures. One of the nicest guys I ever met. But I couldn't believe how as a whole how just big they were. Yeah. And uh it's pretty I, funny just to see these guys in person, and you're like, I'm like Looking up at them like, oh, holy shit, the guys are fucking mountain. But yeah. you know, and they're you know, thick, they're wide, and they're they're yeah. big and they're wide. And it's, I went out drink with Pete Simkowski a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, a couple months ago. Guys, still yeah, got to talking about it. Guys, almost eighty years old. He's still like you know built pretty good, you know. And he's still you know looking up at him, you know. I, I remember. Um, I know. I know. Jerry. Uh, I know he shit on me because I was talking to a devil, but I got to hang out and have drinks with Grant Marshall one night. And uh, a friend of mine was Who? friends with Grant Marshall. <laughs> he played defense for the Devils. He was Minnesota before that, yeah. right? Or... Yes, Minnesota going to Dallas, and Dallas. he won the cup with Dallas. So we had a conversation, and uh, what do you call it? I want to say Brendan Morrow ended up was like a young kid. And I remember him telling me a story about it. I think he was dating one of the guys on the team's daughter, and like he's like, "Oh yeah, he lost his virginity on my couch." I want to say it was Brendan Moore, but I could totally be wrong. But yeah, he let me try on his, his ring, even though it was a devil's ring. And this one got mad at me because I was talking with the enemy. You know, it's like, oh, what? 
<laughs> stories about Brett Hull and all, all the shit going on with, with you know with with Dallas and whatnot. But uh, but I remember one thing is he gives me his ring. This man had hands like just a bear paw. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yep. Skull and crush it. Nah. What when I. I moved to Florida in 97 and then I moved back up to in 99. But my last night down there, it was in November. Uh, no, it was like September, October. I was playing in a men's league in Sarasota, Florida. And Jacques Lemaire was on my team. But he missed every game. So I used to call the guy. I go, this is going to be my last game. Is Jacques going to be there? They're like, yeah. <laughs> so I get up there. So I'm playing hockey with Jacques Lemaire. And I'm like, I'm watching. And he's taking snapshots from the blue line and warm-ups, and it's just like, the, the, you could hear it just sizzle, sizzling through the air. He's like 60 years old at the time or whatever. <laughs> oh, like, holy shit. So then I grew up playing defense, So, but I was playing for, I was playing forward on this shift, and I ended up, like when, in a lot of times at men's league, you end up with different numbers. So we had 10 forwards, so you rotate through a forward on the shift. Yeah. So I was, I had, uh, I was just sitting so it was my turn to come up, go on the next shift. But Jacques Lemaire's turn to sit. And he looks at me and he goes, he goes, my turn to sit. I said, I go, you're a Hall of Famer. I'm not telling you to sit. I'm going to ride on the pine. And then, and then I made a bad mistake on a read. I went to pinch. I thought the back checker was close. So I attacked the puck carrier and he just slid it across. The guy had a breakaway. I get back to the bench and Jacques Lemaire gives me this stare and I'm like, I, I misread it. I'm like, I misread it. <laughs> I was like, I'll go over there and sit down for two minutes and feel shame. It's men's league. He was good. All right, so let's oh, move man. on a little bit here. You, I know we went on a tangent. No, no, that's not, I like I thought the tangent was good. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up playing against Rich uh, Richter and Leach my whole life. You yeah. thought. Oh, yeah. It's always it's always two good hours to, to meet, Philly to, meet to get shut friends. out. That's a, <laughs> two hours to Philly get shut out. That's how it was. He played for the Little Flyers and played against like Reggie Leach's son. Okay. And when he got drafted, we were all like, "He sucks." He got drafted <laughs> by the Penguins, or like our whole hockey team was like, "He sucks," you know. But got to meet his his father too. It's a cool guy. How's the artwork coming, Sean? The artwork for the book? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm supposed to get my samples tomorrow. I'm supposed to get three samples Good. tomorrow. Good. Um, all right, we can jump into that for a second. Sean, you got a, you got a book coming about, uh, coming out, or at least going to an editor and working on artwork for it. Uh, just tell tell people what it's what it's about, roughly. Yeah, it's called the New York Rangers Rink of Honor and the Rafters of Mass Square Garden. And it basically honors everyone who just don't honor today. Uh, the first half wow. of the book pretty much is the first half of the book is Frank pretty much Butcher? telling you Frank Boucher is there, yeah he's at the uh, he's in the rafters part of the book you know there's a ring uh, a ring of honor thing I put out there where I think the Rangers should have a museum Masquerade Garden like how Montreal has and just honor like okay. you know the you know like the Rondo Gay types and Nick Fatui types you know guys who you just don't talk about and then about the rafters about you know guys like Emil Francis with Lester Patrick you know even Gresham I have in there. And it's basically a whole history book tells you everything that's ever happened. Like a lot of people don't even know the Rangers won three cups in the first 14 years, but they also had three finals too. And it talks about the circus, the travel. So it's all about history, a bunch of family testimonials in it from like uh, Chuck Rayner's family and Davy Kerr's family wrote stuff for it. So it's a whole, 
pretty much about the whole 95 years of Rangers history and all like the uh, fan favorites. All I'm right. looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah that no, sounds no. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, so moving Can over here, we'll get into a little free agency. Uh, I think it's a good possibility that Landis leaves. I mean, I, I don't know that yeah. I, I would. This is their time is, is now to, to win. Um, the time was last season. It was, but I still don't think it's over. I mean, you know, as long as you have, uh, you know, Miko Ranton and, and uh, McKinnon there. Uh, um, yeah, they got that stud on the blue line now, um, McCarr. That could be a that could be a double yeah. whammy, but they both might leave. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't see why they would let him go. I would think if anything, yeah. if you, listen, as long as you carry those, pay him the money, worry about your cap in a couple of years because your time is now. Um, but I, I, I think I think things are starting to go sour there. And uh, like you said, if the Island, if he's going to be free and really leave, you're right. Out of all teams, the Islanders, you know, mm. you know, definitely take a shot at him. Are you sold on Grubauer as your Stanley Cup goalie? No, but Grubauer is a free agent, isn't he? He is a free agent. So I yeah. have the list right here, guys, real quick. Just let me just rattle off the top 10 names um, of the free agency period that's about to start on July 28th. The top 10 names as of now, uh, Ovechkin, Landeskog, Tuka Rask, Dougie Hamilton, uh, Nugent Hopkins was on the list, but he did re-sign with the Oilers. Mm -hmm. You have Grubauer, Tyson Barry, David Krejci, Taylor Hall, who's rumored to be signing uh, a four-year deal with, with Boston at $6 million a year, and Zach Hyman. Of those and guys... I wouldn't say top that? 10. I wouldn't say top 10, but I would note that I think Mike Smith re-signed with Edmonton too, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, two years. Yeah. But and I don't Hyman, think Hyman's supposed to be signed in Edmonton. So okay, right away off the bat, right away off the bat, you have Nugent Hopkins, you have Hall, you have Hyman, you have these guys coming off that list. So of the remainder, I know we're talking about Landeskog going to maybe the Islanders or St. Louis. Do you see anybody else leaving? I mean, do you think Rask resigns in Boston? Do you think Krejci resigns and they try and make a run? Well, do you think Ovechkin actually leaves Washington? He did win a cup now. I mean, well, he here, here's the thing with Boston. Boston had, uh, I forget his name. They have. They have that. I guess he was a rookie last year. He played very well for them in back. Swayman. Swayman. Yes. Swayman. Um, but I'm also reading that they're not bringing back Halak. Yeah. If you're not bringing mm. back Halak and Tuca needs four months worth of surgery, but unless you get Tuca cheap, you know, get him to resign cheap with the surgery, I, I mean, I don't know that he's going to resign cheap, but, you know, maybe like a two year deal to end his career. Let him recover and see what this kid Swayman got. Um, you know, I think that could work. But my thing is, is that if you got Rask going out on surgery, move your backup to Swayman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is if you're letting Halak go, what are you doing there? I would yeah. at least want Halak. You know, Halak's not going to command a lot of money. I'd at least want him to back up Swayman or at least split time with him to see if yeah. Swayman's the real deal. Then, if Tuka wants to come back, you could always, you know, if Hawks, Hawks playing well, you could always use him as trade bait. Yeah. You know, send him to the Islanders so he can shut out the Rangers. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that David is interested in Halak. What's that? I heard Tampa is interested in Halak. Oh, really? Yeah, as cheap oh. as you know, the cheap backup. 
Yeah, yeah. listen, and the guy's got experience. You know, I, I think Halak. Uh, yeah. Halak's one of those guys that never was the really the outright starter. I mean, a little bit in the Islanders for a little bit, but never truly was the main star. But always played really well. I mean, you know, he led Montreal in the playoffs that one year was was outstanding. And then he went to St. Louis, and I don't think he, I don't think he was that great in St. Louis. That year, um, that year he was Montreal led Montreal. That was Carey Price's rookie year, I think, or like he was just called up or something like that. And I think Price, like that. He led, yeah, he I think Price beat. didn't do well, and then Halak came in and just took took off with him. Yeah, he was out of control. I think that that's what got him a contract with St. Yeah. Louis. Um, looking at this list here, David Krejci, great player, but I think I think his he's on the downside. Of, he's he's getting he's much older now, and I, I you know I don't know I don't know if he's going to resign, but I don't know how much value he has left. He had a great career in Boston, and uh, but I, 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 I think, think he's over. Uh, I think over the hill. And I think he's stays. Time. I think he stays. I think the Ross stays too. All those Boston guys are kind of close knit, and they've taken less money. Before. Like the top line took less money, so I don't think I think they'll work work something out. Boston has twenty six million in cap space, according to Cap Friendly, and both their goalies are UFAs. But they have four goalies in the pipeline. So besides Swayman, they have three others. If they wanted to go young back there, I don't know if that's the the route they want to go. Because, yes, they're a team to win now or compete now, and if you throw a rookie back there, is he really going to be able to handle the load by himself with a, another young rookie-type backup? But Yeah, because – and they're thin on D. Yeah, they are thin on D. Because they just lost another one yesterday. They yeah, they lost, lost one. Lazan, and, yeah. on. and I was like, oh, I thought he was pretty good. You know, yeah. not, not Norris Trophy, but he – yeah, they, only have, they have five guys on defense right now signed with a couple of a couple of UFAs uh, – Mike Riley and Jared Tenorti, but they got five I'm other guys signed. I'm still so curious. They got a guy back. or two. What's what did bring Chara back? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna bring up Chara. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Chara leaving and signed for such a minuscule amount in Washington that they couldn't work. They couldn't. They wouldn't have re-signed him. And at the same time, obviously, we signed Jack Johnson so quick out of the gate, which ended up being just a, a, a shit move. And yeah. um, that half of me was like, fuck, you signed Johnson for whatever. It was basically the same money, if not less, for Chara. I would have rather taken a flyer on fucking Chara. I don't think Chara would have signed with the Rangers, though. He wanted to win a cup. Yeah. Yeah, well, they weren't. Here's, they weren't going to win. Though, going into last season, we, I mean, we weren't cup contenders. But the way we ended the previous season in the up, up until the bubble, you would have thought that we were a fringe playoff team that could playoff picture. I wouldn't have put us as a cup contender for the last year, no. But going into this last season, I at least thought they were going to make the playoffs. And then obviously, you know, Mika having COVID and then not coming back, and then Panarin getting fucking uh, suspended from by the KGB. <laughs> um, but uh, I would, like, I would like to know if that whole story. I don't think we'll ever find I, it out. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I, I have a feeling that they they threatened his family and he needed to take care of some things because so, something went on there. And I know I, I liked that a lot of his teammates from the KHL immediately came out and defended him and were like, yeah. "No, this coach is an asshole. He, this coach, this player was an asshole. He's now a coach. He's a liar." And they, they came out and defended him. So you knew it. Yeah. Was both, uh, 
you knew it was BS from day one, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I, think, I, I think he really feared for his family's safety. I don't think that was a front. Yeah. It's even his grandparents, too, because his yeah, uh, father-in-law or whatever, his future father-in-law is a coach there, too. Yeah. I don't see him missing that many games and being out for something small. It had to be really serious, something like that. Um, but speaking of Russians, we'll move over to Ovechkin. Do you think that he's waiting to see if they go to the Olympics or not, whether he wants to resign right away? you think he would hold out? I think so. Um, and, and I think he would. But my only thing is, is that you know you know, it's got to be in the back of his mind because it isn't everybody else's. He has the chance to catch Gretzky. You know, yeah. But he's got to continue. If you take time off now and waste a season, He's that's not going to do it. You got to think that's in the back of his mind. And, I, and if there's one player that I think has the chance, it's him because he just still continues to, like yeah. I said, they know it's coming. He sets at the top of the circle and just yep. laughs the one timer, and you can't stop it. He's so accurate with that. And he's such, a, a, you know, yeah. he's such a, a natural just goal scorer. He really is. Think how should have been Yager who broke it too. What? What's that? It should have been Yager who broke. It. He lost yeah. a lot of time with the lockout and the rush and all that. What well, doesn't he's, he's been through two lockouts also, right? Ovechkin, the thirteen yes. one, right? Well, I, I want to say that the first one was his was his rookie year. Yeah, his rookie. Didn't year. he get delayed? Didn't he get delayed a year because of the lockout? Yeah, because he was after the Crosby draft, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, um, and then the 13 lockout. So this also brings up a question that I saw on Twitter the other day. And I'm kind of torn because Yager's one of my favorite players. You got to pick one: Prime Yager or Prime Ovechkin. Who are you going with? I think Ovi. Take Ovi. Yeah, you know what? I'm going Yager. Yager. I think I'm going Yager. I can't diss. Mm -hmm. I love Yager. I can't. I can't diss him because he wasn't just a goal scorer. He developed, especially especially playing with us. He developed into a ridiculous two-way forward. He. Busted his balls. He used to have guys hanging on his back while he's in the corner with the puck, and they're like, but, they can't even get it from him. But it's still a tough, you know, just think for prime both of them. Who would you take? It's, yeah. You should have um, had that hard that season time. with the Rangers, too. Yes. Well, he had that last, was it 56? Was it 56 goals he had the one year yeah. with us? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one big year yeah. that we lost. We lost yeah, that was like, that was a New York bias, I think. Yeah. Um, but he was so. I wish we never let him go. He was one of those players that even 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 to his last day playing in the states, the guy gave it his all, and and yeah. uh, I miss him. And he, he was such a character. I love when he went to Russia and slept with that like eighteen year old yeah. freaking hot <laughs> model. He was like, oh, I'm gonna you. like uh, I know. He got the picture. Yeah. He was like, I don't give a shit. I'll post it myself. Yeah. Didn't she try to extort him? Yeah, she tried to extort him with pictures, and he was like, all right, well, give me the pictures. I'll post them myself and put them on, put them on like, Instagram or Twitter and was like, here, I'm sleeping with an 18-year-old. And wasn't it like somebody's, like, <laughs> like was it somebody's, like, ex-fiance or girlfriend of a teammate or something? I have no idea. Oh, I don't know about that, but that's a heck of a story. If it, That's a twist. Yeah. If, if it, that's was it was story. something like that. Yeah, she tried to extort him, and he was like, all right, I'm, like, 45, and you're like, you're like, 20 and you're hot. Fuck it. Here we go. I think she's sister-in-law. Or the maid. <laughs> um, 
what do you call it? <laughs> so, hey, real quick, uh, just to just to finish out the Ovechkin Landeskog talk quick, the Islanders have a lot of cap space. You have them rumored with Landeskog. You have the Barry Trotz Ovechkin connection. Any chance Ovechkin leaves them to fish out a run with the Islanders? Man. I mean, they're, listen, they're, they are today's team right now. As much as we are Ranger fans and hate them and hope, you know, they don't go anywhere in the playoffs, being this close and, and one or two pieces away, you add Ovechkin to the team, you're instantly in the finals, I think. You add Landeskog to this team, you're instantly in the, you know, in the conversation of going game seven against Tampa or whoever in the Eastern Conference finals. Could they pry away Ovechkin from Washington, do you think? I don't think so. I don't know. No? I think he's a capital for life. Think so? How, I mean, how much based on that con- next contract to be, though? You take one, two-year deals. You know he's gonna, he says he wants to stay and wants him there, so I just think – I just don't see him leaving. No, I don't see him Let's see. Um, just put it. They out have there. nine. They have nine million in space. Who? Uh, Washington. Yeah. But they have. If they have nine million well, in space, gotta, I would think that's they got to sign him and a goalie. He's the only guy that's unrestricted on their forward. All well, their no. forwards, all their forwards no. are signed. No, they wouldn't have to sign a goalie because he's got Samson, Samsonov or Samsonov. However, you know, Samsonite. That's it. Samson. <laughs> no. That's a dumb and dumber, right? Yeah, yes. Those Look at her luggage. Um, but he's still got Hank under contract, right? No, he's no, out. He's on a one year deal. Yeah. Oh, I kept thinking I kept thinking it was still for one more year. I kept thinking it was no. I, don't know I thought it was a two year deal. All right. Yeah, so that's weird. So you, so shit. I wonder if he uh I wonder how that goes then. I, I kept thinking he was under contract for another year, so I'm like, oh, he's going to back up or split. No, yeah, you, you have Samson off as an RFA, and then you have two. Oh, so two they really don't. You don't have really anybody don't. right now in the contract. No, you have no. Nobody. Craig Anderson is an UFA too, but he might correct. Be they, have, they really have no. So if you have nine mil to send. How, how are you going to afford a Vetchkin? You have nine nine Unless point he does seven like a million. Thing. Yeah, I don't see him doing. I, I don't know if I see him staying home. You know. Collecting what he's collecting, and go. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna stay here for a couple, you know, for a million. Shit. Was you already made what 120 that? million with them already? What's that? He's made what 120 million with them already. Something crazy. Something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah. But so I can see him taking just, less. Yeah. You, you, know? you have no goals. 123, Sean. 123. Okay. Yeah. You have no goalie signed for Washington right now. So you got to sign a goalie. And if you're going to bring up somebody from the minors or not as a backup, that's fine. You only have six defensemen signed. Char is a UFA. I don't know if he's coming back for one more year at a million or, or whatever, you know, discount type deal to make a run with them. But you're going to have to bring up or sign a seventh defenseman. And you have Ovechkin where it's going to be at least, I would say, what, 10 million. I don't think he's taking less than that. So they're going to have to make some kind of move. You got a bunch of guys that you could trade away. Um, it's interesting. It really is at Washington because they're at, they're at the cap after you give money to uh, Ovechkin. Well, they, oh, they what's his face down? I forgot they drafted him, Hendricks Leperrier, but I don't think he's ready yet. Well, we, we might find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So moving along here, I, I can tell you this is one of our longest interviews, but I'm enjoying it. So I, yeah, it's great. Absolutely, interactive and entertaining ones. Um, we'll stay in the Russian movement here. Kaprizov, he got an offer from my from uh, CSK Moscow. And oh, he did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They reported that he got a, um, got an offer to go back, and things are not going well with Minnesota. And I, I, I got to think. Well, I don't know what's going on. Like I said, is rather than buy out Suter and Parisi, why not try to trade them and retain salary for a year? You know, and see if you get somebody to bite or retain salary for a little bit, rather than take that crazy long because they yeah. both had what? Now they have an enormous. They only had what four years left or three years left. Something they have six, seven, six, seven years of cap hits. They had four years left. Yeah, each, each. So yeah. I would have, you know, my my thing is now you're gonna have that massive cap hit. What are you gonna give Kaprizov? And then have we ever? We, I don't think we've ever seen a kid win the, the Calder and then go back overseas to Russia and be like, peace out. Uh, you know, I'm out. He's not a real you know, kid either. Kids um, yeah, he's 25 already, right? Yeah. What? I mean, you see kids come over here and struggle. Like, even like a, like a Krasov, he struggled, went back. I mean, obviously, it, he came back and we established good terms with him, but you see kids struggle and go back. I don't, we've never seen one win the fucking rookie of the year and, and, and leave. Yeah. Because wasn't it, what was he going back for a wedding? And then that's when the, the rumor started that he's not, and then now it, more than yeah, a rumor. Might have saw the draw, and he's he probably went over there and landed on the plane for the wedding, and probably became like you know probably half of a national hero, and they're they're praising him like he's the next coming of Ovechkin, and probably went over there and was been treated like a god. I the thing with Minnesota, I think a lot of these guys they don't want to tie up. I think he wants the long. He either wants, he wants like eleven million a year, or that. Right, Russ? That was the number floated out. He wants the eight-year yeah. contract, I think. Yeah, and I think it's kind and of I hard. Think Minnesota wants to give him, or he wants a two-year contract so he could be an unrestricted free agent. Um, but it's and Minnesota hard. wants to go longer, so they tie him up. Yeah, it's a tough call for them. They risk if they lose him, it'll be incredible. You know, you have a kid that you draft, and he, he wins the rookie of the year, and then then leaves. Like, and they, you know. they waited. They waited a long time. I mean, that's seven years they waited for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Because what they drafted him when he was eighteen. Yeah. So Minnesota has twenty nine million in cap space right now, and that's Not all the new Because you got to remember, Fenton screwed him with a, a lot of bad contracts before he got fired. They took a Rello deal, and then they fired Fenton, and they bought Garen. I think Garen's just trying to bring his own guys in. You're just trying to wipe out the old mistakes, you know? Yes. So right that, that Zuccarella contract was a head scratcher. And then they fired Six million a year for three more years. Mm. That's um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on there. Um, they only have three defensemen signed also right now, so they, they have to add a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you got What do you got there? You got uh, Spurgeon. You got uh, – who's their Dumba. captain? You got Dumba and Brody. I know a lot of people were upset, not that they kept Dumba, but they they didn't they they let Saucy be unprotected. Deal with people, all they did they made a couple moves to protect Dumba. They say that was also played into the buyouts of Suter. Was uh, yeah, they, they wanted to protect Dumba, and I think he's a good defenseman, but I don't I, I you know 
maybe I, I guess from what I looked at, a lot of Minnesota fans were uh, were pissed off. But you know, they they do have a really good defenseman in the pipeline that they got in the J- Jason Zucker trade. I don't know if they're going to move. Uh, I think he played a couple games last year. Yeah, but still, it's prospects are always, you know, you, yeah. you still never know. I mean, listen, we got Niels Lindquist and you got Schneider and Robertson, but I think they won like East Coast, West Coast juniors, whatever, like best defensemen. But it's, you know, until they actually play and, and get in there, you know, These we never people, know how they're going to. Don't get me started on that crap. <laughs> <laughs> he won the best of the best. He won the best defenseman. I, I've seen him play. I watched a lot of WHL last year. And he's good. He was actually a guy I wrote down like a lot of notes on. And I watched Edmonton Oil Kings and all that stuff. But this year, these guys to get that award, not to take anything away from them, but they're playing the same team eight times. Like it wasn't yeah, even a full true. schedule. They but, were playing yeah. the same three teams over and over. It's yeah, like Hartford. They're like, like Morgan like, Barron, Morgan Barron. Yeah. They played Providence and Bridgeport. Providence and Bridgeport. That's all they played. There, uh, wasn't there one goalie in the Western Juniors that had like some crazy freaking amount of shutouts and goals against, but it was like against the same like three teams and the other three were, were ridiculously terrible. I don't know. I didn't see that this year. Something like that. He had some ridiculous record. His goals against was like 0. 0.90 something. Was, like it, it was, was it the Rangers? Was it the Rangers goalie, Dylan Garan? No, no, no. Oh, wait. Was it the, was it, uh, the kid that's eligible this year, Sebastian Cosa? I don't remember. I just remember looking at him on a goalie thing. People were saying, how incredible his record was, but yet it was against like the same three teams and they were blowing them out like 12 to 1, 12, 10, nothing every night. Well, you know who uh, uh, holds the record for most consecutive shutouts in the NHL? Yes. And I'm, oh, fuck it. You watch, you watch him in the playoffs. <laughs> you watch him as a commentator in the playoffs. <sighs> really? It's with, uh, was it Boucher? Boucher? Yeah. Ryan Boucher? Yes. When he was with Arizona. Yeah, Brian five, five games in a row. Oh, yeah. You know who his goalie coach wow. is? You know who? his goalie coach? Benoit Lair. Oh, was it? Yeah. That guy's a genius. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I know that. Uh, the only reason I know that is I heard him on a podcast the other day. And he um, wasn't bragging. They were asking him about it. So I was like, his son is going to be drafted this year. Oh, is he? Yeah. Tyler. He's one uh, to look at. He, might uh, be a... he could go in the first round, but he was hurt. He did something to his knee, but he's healthy now. But he missed a lot of games. They didn't get much tape on him. But he's a throwback. He's a banger. All right. I'd like to see. I wish the Rangers had a second round pick. They don't have a second. They got two thir- uh, three thir- two thirds and three fourths. I so they got rid of that second round pick for Adam Fox. Yeah, <laughs> that one's well, well worth spent. Well, uh, well worth it. All right, oh, so let's, let's let's end our show with a little Rangers draft and a little state of the Rangers before we go. Um, I want Sean Corrali, by the way, free agent. Okay, I like him. Um, good on draws, penalty killer. Hurts Boston. Well, well, right now we need a guy good on draws, and like I said, Goudreau. Well, good draw. like you said, good draw is good. Helps that need. I think you're 50%, right? Yes. yes. 50%. Um, but that brings me into the talk of, of trading Strome. If we trade Strome, who the fuck is stepping up at second line center? Or is this 
part of Jury's plan to trade Strom and make a dumb move for Eichel. Um, and then what would you do? Would, would Eichel become your second line center, or are you bumping Mika to second line? You know, but you wouldn't I, get I, I like you wouldn't get Eichel for the first couple of months anyway. And so, yeah, he's still recovering, and, and uh, well, that's my question: is unless you're getting Eichel, which is a whole other story, which I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want. Um, why are you looking to trade Strom then? If he played so well on that second line, even though I don't believe he's a true second line center, he played extremely well. Roll with it. You know, he's still young. Everybody wants you to get rid of him. And, and I don't know why. He's played, I don't get he's played, it either. He's played so well. And I've mentioned this on the, the podcast before. Like, the people head over here with Eichel, he's got this nagging neck injury. kept him out. And if you get him with his cap hit, you're talking between him, Panarin, and Truba, nearly $30 million locked up between three players. Yeah. You're not So then you're not going to be able to re-sign Mika because that will be $40 million. Yeah. between four players, then you're back to square one, losing Mika, and, you, you know, we're short on centers again, and you're praying that Morgan Barron, you know, becomes a, uh, you know, I don't think Heedle's going to ascend to a second-line center. I think Heedle's pretty much going to bounce career-wise between the third and fourth-line center, more or less I a think third. I, a I winger like anyway. What's yeah. that? I think Heedle's more of a winger anyway. He's not a true center yeah. to me. Yeah, he doesn't have the the, the, the face-off capabilities that you'd, you'd like. So I, I just don't understand the whole trade and strong talk. And, uh, but I uh, sent you guys, I compiled a list of, of people that I guess I would think the Rangers would look at at center. And, you know, you got a good good Russian kid in Sochenkov um, or Svechkov, however you say his name. I'm bad with yeah. names. Uh, Mason McTavish. Yeah. Uh, but I think McTavish – is going to go before he even gets to us. Um, Fabian Lysel's been linked to us. Cole Sillinger. Um, I know Otto Ratty was big in the rankings last year, but has fell. But I, I'm looking at a very, very deep center draft, and, and I don't think they're going to trade this pick. I think you have to. And if you look at our prospect pool, we are so defensive heavy, and it, it's, that's a good thing. But I don't see anybody offensively that coming through the pipeline that does anything for me. I mean, like I said, is you have Morgan Barron. Okay. Um, we're going to see what Kratzov does. I think this is now a shitter get off the pot for Ty Ronning. Um, I don't, yeah, he actually got more of a chance last year in Hartford. Yeah. And he was good. But I don't think he's but NHL he material. I don't, tra- I don't think it'll translate to the NHL. But it's like how people are so high on, 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 on you know, Niels Lundqvist and, and even possibly Schneider and Robertson. There's nobody high on anybody as far as forward-wise in our pipeline that, you know, you got to start. Dep- thinking, yeah, that depends you know. who you listen to because some of these guys are high on that um, Laurie Pujamayari. Yeah, Pujamayari. Puj- uh, Puj- uh, I know you're saying Pujamayari. Yeah, Puj- yes. I'm running with that. What about that, uh, that center, Hedrickson? Yeah, they have Carl, Carl Hendrickson. Hendrickson, yes. And but he's big, and he's – I don't know. I, I only saw like a handful of his games. But if we keep talking about – and we've said it for years that we're, we have, you know, a lack of depth at our center position because we're definitely wing-heavy as well, um, that, listen, this is such a deep center draft, I, I and, and there's so many that are predicted to go in the first round, I'd honestly be trading a lot of the, the picks on the back end 
and trading, trying to trade something to move another pick into the first round to try to, to try to get two of these guys. Yeah, yeah, well, I agree. I mean, listen, your our window is is, is going to start coming up as Lafreniere and and, and Kako develop. You know, and and yeah. as as you're in Panarin's prime, and if you're going to re-sign Zabinajad, this is their prime now. Yeah, and these kids coming up, so you're gonna want to get a couple people in that pipeline that you could probably bring up, you know, in two years when everybody's really cooking, and before you lose Panarin and, and Mika over the over the hill there, or even if you get Eichel before they, uh, you know, start their decline. So I think the first thing, you know, they got to figure out if they're gonna resign. You think they're gonna resign Mika? At what I cost? I, I I would like to. Um, I don't see why. I don't see why I they think would. They should try and trade him to Vegas. I don't see. And then why he could would. do his techno in the middle of a, the <laughs> between periods, right out there. He could hold a rave he, in between periods. He probably would love it. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't want to restein him. Um, but I wish I like he was, him. But he seems like he's he's too quiet. Like he's soft. Yes, he's not. He like, last, like that whole Panarin thing last year with Wilson. Yeah, he stood there. I know he the did. Whole jumped on Wilson's back. I know he, he, Panarin's the only one that really did anything. And uh, no, you're right. Mika just—he's too like people are like oh Mika for cat. No, he's too quiet. He's no. too—he's he, too soft-spoken. And, he just doesn't have. It's kind of like Leach when they meet Leach captain. Leach yeah. is just not that guy. Yeah, and. Uh, McDonough wasn't either, it seemed like. It you seemed know, like it was an anchor for him. That's also the problem now is people are like, oh, we need a captain. We need a... I, I, I don't need... see anybody that truly stands out, you know, as the captain. You know, yeah. I mean, listen, just because you score a shitload of goals, you know, doesn't mean that automatically you deserve to be captain. Right. But we don't – we don't – I don't look at a lot of these guys and see a major outspoken person. They all seem to be soft-spoken guys. They go out and do their job, and, and that's not totally what you look for. You look for that guy that's that's yelling at his teammates in the form of accountability. That's that's you yeah. know holding his teammates accountable and and, and pumping everybody up. And I, I the only person I sort of see that in is sometimes Kreider, but his ability to disappear at stretches throughout the season kind of you know hinders my. Uh, I want for him to be captain, but just to go back to your point, point, I think whatever happens with Eichel is going to determine that. So I think you have to wait to see what they do with Eichel where he goes, and then you worry. You think it'll be that first? You think it'll be Eichel first, then me? Like that? Whatever they decide on Eichel, then they decide on Mika. I think. Yes, if they acquire Eichel, Mika is not getting resigned. Mika, Mika will absolutely get traded as a rental. Got no move clause too. Yeah. Ah, that's right. We gave everybody new goal closes. That's right. Say, say that. Uh, he got no move or no it, trade. No. It would be great if Eichel comes to the Rangers now, right? The LITR run for the whole season. You spend another else, and you just pull the whole Kushro of shit with him, and the Rangers go win the cup next year. <laughs> it's been done I mean, before. <laughs> before. It'd be nice if it worked maybe, out like that. So maybe uh, they could trade him to Colorado for Kadri. <laughs> Kadri's an asshole. I it's know. Not, not, to me, it's not like Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. It was said perfectly. Tom Wilson is an asshole. Yeah. But for Washington fans, he's their asshole. And yeah, they exactly. love him. We don't love him. I still don't think that hit was bad by Kadri. 
I think the uh, McDavid think he, the McDavid elbow was worse. I thought he yes. I McDavid thought elbow Kadri's shoulder was down. He just I don't know. I, I, I think they react to social media stuff. You know yep. when they do their suspense. In the moment yeah. they don't give a shit. Then they see people crying. And then they go crazy. Um, speak well. Speaking about hits, um, what was uh, fuck? We talked about the show too. What was the big? What was the fucking? Who did it? What was the goddamn hit against Montreal? Oh, the guy from Montreal. Exactly. That was Shiley. Shiley. Listen, Oh, yeah, that, yeah. All right, I get it was a violent hit, but he didn't take extra strides. He glided through the zone. They got – listen, could you I get never, him? He, I never knew this. The distance I always, I, always, yeah, I always thought it was your, how many steps you took. Yeah, he it's started gl travel. He literally glided from the top of the circle. His yeah. shoulder was down. He like, oh, he hit his – he didn't hit his head. His, he got hit with such force that his head snapped back. Yeah. But the shoulder was down, elbow was down, into the top of his chest. And, you know, people were screaming like it was the most egregious hit ever. Do I think if he puts his stick out to make it look like he was making an attempt on the puck, you could argue that that never should have been called? Right. But, you know, that hit itself, you know, you know like I said, is that wasn't. I, I, I don't think he should have been suspended the way he was. Maybe you want to give him a game. Landed, not the hit. Yeah, yeah. It's the way he made it, made it look so violent. But realistically, he, he, you know, it's him not making a play with his stick on the puck that made it look like he was specifically going to just level him out. Yeah. And him saying, well, I'm taking the body. Yes, that's what he was doing, taking the, to try to prevent the goal. But it almost looked like he could have – at least extended the stick and made it look like he was trying to knock the puck away. But listen, everybody's got an opinion, and, and I don't think it was as egregious as a lot of people uh, made it out yeah. to be. Yeah. People getting too so, soft. Um, all right, so listen. The draft, I, I really, yeah. I'll give you a couple of names. Zachary Bolduke, he's another center. He's projected to go in the first round. Okay. But he's got great hands, like He's like a Nicholas Lidstrom on offense where, like, you can't get the puck past him. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know how, That's like, like you know how Lidstrom, like, whenever somebody would try to dump the puck <laughs> in, he'd knock it down. You could never get it. This yes. guy can knock the puck down. He's got good hands. Um, but he's big. He doesn't hit that much. Then you got uh, back to Rad. I don't know how you say his name. Is it Raddy or Ratty? Ratty? Yeah. Yeah. Order Ratty. Supposedly, you know, Steve Corianos. The draft analyst. We had him on the show. Yeah, Steve was saying that that there was a report that came out that uh, he thought that Brady lost the the love of the game during this past year. Yeah, he's that's it, not it, good. I have I have it right here as a scouting report. Rowdy continues to slide down the draft boards after not taking the step that scouts hoped he would take. The skill is there from his playmaking to his puck handling, but the process and decision making have left some questioning of the upside of the finished pivot. He's still the top fit in the class and does have potential to, to prove his slide down the boards was wrong in the long run. Um, so it looks like you have a kid with skill there. Yeah. Um, but he was projected top, you know, one of the top centers in the class like I last know. year. And now he slid all the way down. Um, I like yeah. Samuel, Samuel Hellenius from Finland. Then you got oh. Zachary, Zachary Dean. You just, and, remind, just, you just what, popped you just reminded me, uh, Jerry, you asked me the other day, what was the big fucking defenseman that I couldn't wait to be called up that was a bruiser and I couldn't remember? Samuel Nero. 
<laughs> now it comes to you. Now it comes to you. He said, Sam, it was Samuel Nero. And he was a prospect of ours, maybe say six, seven years ago, that they said this guy was like six, 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 whatever he was, a monster. And if he didn't want you in the crease, you weren't going to be there. But he could just never put it together. He was kind of around right. like the McElrath days, but just couldn't put it together. And he reminded me the other day about it. I couldn't remember his name. As soon as you said Samuel, it popped in it my head. Triggered. So I, I, didn't like mean to cut, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it popped in no, my head. That's fine. That's fine. It's Zach Dean. He's from uh, Gatineau. He, he's pretty – He's pretty good, but I like his teammate better, Mannix Landry. Nobody talks about Mannix Landry. And Landry's the guy that made that whole team click. He would drive every line he was on. Okay. And he played center and wing, and he kills penalties. Dean's good. He probably got more upside. And then um, who the hell is the other? I don't want Lucius. He's too smart. Yeah, like, Chaz Lucius. Too, yeah, I'm not sure about yeah, like it. I, like, I don't want him in the first. Looks McTavish uh, will get picked ahead of us. Uh, like I said, they, they talked about uh, Svechnikov or Svechnikov. Yeah. Uh, you know, the problem is you got a Svechnikov and Svechnikov. It's like, yes. But we seem to be adding all the Russians. So I just have a Smirnoff. Smirnoff. You got a Cole Cylinder here. Uh, but like I said, they're all. Uh, another person linked with us was uh, Brennan Ottman. Yes, I think um, he's a wing though. Oh, Francisco Pinelli, he's another one. He, he's yeah, well, Ottman's a winger, the Polish guy. No, I'm I didn't kidding. See. kidding. <laughs> oh, what's your name? Pinelli, the Polish guy. Um, no, uh, yeah, he's pretty good too. He's got a good motor. Uh, Danny, is uh, Luke Hughes going back to Jersey? You think? Yeah, yeah, he skates like Quinn and he's well, half a foot bigger. Yeah. Um, they're going to do that good. other thing on that team. Well, he's good. Clark, I, I, I would like to see them take Brant Clark because I don't think – I like to see them take Edvinson because I don't think he's good at all. Just ruin their pick. I think he's going to be the most the overrated pick. I think Edvinson's five years away. And, and, and is Owen Power still the consensus yeah. number one? I mean, I don't think he's – I think he's – you know, I don't think there's a chance he goes – He's know, good. Do you think he's going to? He said he's going to Michigan because he doesn't want to go to Buffalo. Or you think he was saying that no matter what? So, I, 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 so I we had the we had the draft analyst on the show a few episodes ago, and I brought up that exact topic to him, and his response to that idea was, "You never see a prospect, and especially one projected to go number one or number two overall in the draft, make a statement like that unless it's coming from somebody inside his camp, whether it's okay. an agent." A family member, a handler, a handler, somebody like that who's connected. You don't see that statement come out unless you don't want to go there. So, right. someone, whether it's his own personal preference or somebody in his camp that doesn't want him to go there, floats that out. So, Buffalo now thinks, oh, great, we're going to draft this guy and he's not going to come right away. We're not going to get season That's tickets. Good to the ladies. <laughs> we're not going to get season tickets to. You know, start selling because this guy's not coming right away. He's right. going to go back to school for at least one, if not three more years of eligibility that he has. When you start floating that out there, that's not a good play with the first overall pick. And the fact that he actually came out and said that was huge. I wonder if they'll take him. I, I still think you have to take him, but if you do take him, 
you're basically fielding the same team you just put out last year, and you're going to be in that top pick lottery yep. conversation again. And the fans in Buffalo, I mean, they're going to – sure, you got the Buffalo Bills who were uh, good now, but <laughs> what else is going on there? The Toronto Blue Jays are leaving. They just lost their baseball team because Canada's reopening the border. <laughs> and the well, hockey team is going to do nothing again. So I don't – I don't know if that's definite now because now Canada extended their – they won't allow people over the border until the 23rd now. They, it was originally August 9th. Now they just moved it back to the 23rd because they want to see how the uh, the Delta bullshit is uh, you oh. know, expanding or not. That might change things. Um, uh, on a side I note – uh, I was going to say, I think note, if you buffalo, you, if you draft them, you could at least trade them, at least have some kind of asset out of them, you know? Yeah. On a yeah, side note, back. Yeah. Trade back, get two picks for him or something like that. Yeah, he doesn't the want to go for a first play. overall pick would be huge. Yeah, yeah, especially with a team that would you know would like power there. So, uh, real quick, uh, I just got an alert here. New details emerge. I don't know if you heard the thing going on with the Chicago the uh, Blackhawks scandal with their uh, yes. in 2010. Their coach was uh, well, the video coach was accused of sexual assault on a player. I don't know if you guys read into this. My understanding was, I don't understand the whole the whole. uh, One player is accusing him of turning on. He was at his apartment. Turned. He says Brad Aldridge turned on porn and started masturbating in front of him. Yeah. So that falls under that's that's sexual harassment. Now it would have been like, hey, asshole. So more details from the lawsuit just came out. And are saying that when the player tried to leave, Aldrich pulled out a baseball bat and physically threatened oh, to fucking oh, hurt. Okay, him. that's a problem. But that just mm. came out now. And it says amended lawsuits details an incident in May uh, 2010. States video coach Brad Aldrich turned on a pornography in his apartment, began to masturbate in front of the plaintiff, according to Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun Times, who provided screenshots of the updated lawsuit. The player attempted to leave. But Aldrich blocked the exit and threatened him with a baseball bat, the lawsuit states. So, and the whole thing is the Blackhawks are denying everything and taking no account of, you know, Blackhawks are saying, hey, we don't. story coming out now, you know? It it got surprised. Like, it was. Well, they did. He told the whole thing. He told the scout, and the scout went to them. Yeah, they went to the front office. The front office said, yeah, whatever. We don't believe you. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I think I Stan Bowman story. said I think Stan Bowman said, Can we call it a tally whacker? <laughs> <laughs> Stan Bowman came out today and said he's now going to cooperate with the investigation. Yeah. So I that's saw, yeah, he had a new right? news that just came out. Um and Brent Sopel, I mean, I gotta give this guy all the credit in the world. Without him yeah. speaking out against this, it wouldn't have became the big story it, it's become. And I wonder. I wonder how much more of this has gone on in hockey that hasn't been hasn't been made public with this guy. The guy has a track record of where he's been and where he went. Blackhawks yeah, allegedly he, gave him a letter of recommendation to where he went after the after being with the team. Has this happened in the new place as well? Because this is going to open up a huge can of worms for him. Then he he went to a Big Ten school, I think. But I haven't heard if that happened there or not. I'm wondering yeah. if if it. Listen, I, the guy's that, alleged. This is all alleged. It's not you know he's not guilty of anything yet. But in the whole idea of things, if you did it in one place, and I'm not saying he did, but if you did it in one yeah. place, maybe it happened again somewhere else, and you're going to get some more whistleblowers coming out. Yeah. I can't he's believe so comfortable doing with him. He probably did it somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can't believe he had pine tar. I mean, uh, a bat there. 
Now he's going to get pine tar on his pecker. <laughs> I, mean, back, I mean, this is a different situation. But back in the day, they used to shave the guys naked, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, young blood back in the day. What kind of coach is this? He's showing him video. What kind of hockey coach is showing video and doesn't have a hockey stick in his room? He's got a baseball bat. He must have been an awful coach. <laughs> uh, I got. I got to tell you, this is my team. I got to tell you, this is probably one of my favorite shows. Uh, I really, uh, I really enjoyed you guys being on, and, and uh, oh, I enjoyed it too. It's, it's quite very a, conversational. Yeah. We could be ourselves, you know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed yeah. it. And, uh, maybe we could uh, do this again. You know, get I'll some do it again. News or before the season starts. Uh, um. What do you call it? I really got to pee right now, so I'm going to take a break for a minute. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was, was going to say, uh, Jerry, if you want to do the uh, the wrestling, um, you could do that. Yeah, with Russ, while, while, uh, while you take your little break, I'm going to just touch on the NHL season, which was announced uh, just recently, a couple hours ago. I'll get into some big games there, and then I will get into the wrestling news that, that came up, and hopefully you'll be done with your little break by then. Uh, Danny and Sean, this was great. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We went an hour and 20 Thanks minutes, you guys, which, which yeah. is by far the longest, longest segment of a guest or guests we've had. Uh, in the that's because uh, I got diarrhea in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, uh, my internet connection sucks. I know I'm on a little delay with you guys. I don't know what's wrong with my computer. Good, no, but, I, uh, I think it went fine. All right, so you'll hang out for a few minutes and you're wrestling with us, Sean. Danny, I thank you very much for coming thank you very on. Much, guys. It was I'll a quite Danny, we'll, uh, What's that? Yeah, we'll talk soon. It was Thanks great, man. It was awesome. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, so uh, thanks really so wait, Jerry, you're in, who's in Summers? Jerry? I am. And where are you, Russ? I'm Long in Long Island. Island. I'm in Suffolk County. Yeah, we're on Cockabo. So it's like to get together for a drink. Where are we gonna go? Uh, uh, New York City. We'll go to TR yeah. TR's joint. Yeah, we can meet in the city. I'm a uh, quick train ride. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the old roses. <laughs> well, that's a that's a Nassau. That, in Nassau. That'd be a trip for you guys. But we no, can but definitely listen. Can wasn't even do that a game. the place that Francesca used to talk about all the time? Yes, yeah, yes, please. he used to do a show there. Yeah, um, but don't listen, get me started get a, on that guy. I, I know Sean <laughs> goes to quite a few games, and I, I'm already working in the city, so uh, maybe we could do a fucking game night when I get some beers. Yeah, if I ever, if my, if uh. If I get my money from work, because I was in an accident and they still haven't paid me yet, I got three. Uh, I got a Jack Eichel injury. Oh boy! Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I want to see what he's doing. Then I'm going to make my decision. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll give you some of his guinea pig. What was that? Maybe I'll give you some of his guinea pig. You do it first. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> use scotch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right Danny, guys. thank you. Thank you All for right, coming Danny. on. We thank will you talk very soon. Much. Take care, guys. It was awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Um, real quick, All right, Ross. Me, um, speaking of drinking scotch there, uh, Sean, I know that you've become a big uh, proper 12 guy. Um, oh, yeah. the, I went to the liquor store. I, I've gone from a huge Johnny Walker guy and loving scotch to being a huge tequila guy now. And usually – you. It's the opposite. Usually in your 20s, you drink tequila and you get older and go to scotch. And I did the opposite. Um, I can't drink tequila I'm, I'm in the liquor store and the guy's like, yeah, Jerry, he knows me. And when I get drunk, I, I love to talk in an Irish brogue. And uh, <laughs> it comes out quite well, especially when I'm drinking. So uh, I'm in the liquor store and I hear this guy, oi, 
I see you're in the Scotch Isle. Want you want you in the uh, the, uh, the whiskey Isle? Watch come over here and try the Fighting 69th. And he sold me. I got fucked, twisted my arm. And uh, <laughs> I went in. It was Fighting 69th Irish whiskey, and I'm bone dry. Haven't had a drink for the day, and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta want to puke in the liquor store. Sometimes the first <laughs> shot. Just, you're not prepared for it. You're not in the situation to be like, yeah, hey, shots. I drank it. I gotta tell you, it was ridiculously smooth and really good. And uh, he's like, oh, part of it goes to like the Irish, you know, you know, fucking whatever, you know, not the IRA, but uh, you know, goes to like you know some of their their vets, whatever, and uh, um, some sort of charity in the city with with people with Irish people. So, but I recommend that you at least check it out. It was uh, yeah, check it out. There's this big distributed by me. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, the fighting 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 sixty ninth Irish whiskey. It was actually yeah. really, really, really good. I came back to the car. My wife's like, "How do you smell like whiskey?" I was like, "I got a guy kissed <laughs> my arm. Your shot." It's small, so. no bar. <laughs> no, I really, I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised when he how smooth it was. I was expecting the guy to be like, "Oh yeah, it's like seventy five dollars a bottle." He's like, "No, oh. it's twenty eight. I'll give you this hat. I'll give you this." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "I already had a bottle of tequila and a bottle of screwball." And I'm like, "I can't walk out of the liquor store and be like, honey, I just spent like one hundred fifty dollars." <laughs> Well, um, if I get so let me go. Let me go, you Guys, catch up on the wrestling. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, do you know what? I gotta piss myself. <laughs> All right, uh, Jerry, you wanna you wanna you wanna do a, your quick stock thing while we're relieving ourselves for a minute? Yeah, I'll, I'll move Rather on to your stocks real yeah. quick. Just uh, All yeah, right. I'll take care of your stocks real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and uh, talk talk wrestling for a minute. We'll do a quick NBA, Major League Baseball, and kind of. Yeah, wrap this up. Yeah, kick me out after the wrestling. All right, so see you guys in a second, but we'll get into the uh, stock news real quick. Just um, a couple of stocks that we've been talking about past few weeks. D-Man, which is Demand Brands, recently, just yesterday actually, presented at the Emerging Growth Conference. And CEO Ian Dixon released their investor deck, projecting revenues north of $30 million within the next 18 months. The stock obviously took a hit on the news because, of course, what does everybody do when news comes out? Everyone sells. So it was trending roughly around four cents um, past couple of days, week or so. And immediately when the news was released at the conference, the sell-off started. And now it's uh, under three. For anybody who's invested in this, like I've been mentioning the past few weeks, um, it is – it is something they're involved in the marijuana. They're involved in marijuana, and we all know that there's talk of that becoming a federal legalized thing down the road. Any of the marijuana stocks that you do invest in will see a bump once that is finally announced. Uh, right now, it closed today. It's at point uh, zero two one. So it did take a hit from the four cents it was at. It's roughly down fifty percent, but it is a long term hold. I would uh, I would continue to hold it. Another stock that we've been talking about is TGGI, Trans Global Group Inc. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Uh, they released financials last week. They are a multi-conglomerate holding company with a lot of different things under the umbrella. We've gone into that before, pharmaceuticals, liquor, and a couple other things. It's still a long-term hold. Uh, in my book, that is a stock you're going to see some more news dropped uh, soon. Stock closed today at 0 0.0023. So a little sell-off from the last week or so that we've been talking about it, but I definitely would uh, keep that one in mind. Also, the gift that keeps on giving, 
uh, LTNC announced on Friday that the labor business was being sold back to former CEO Ryan Shadle. Labor Smart dropped an 8K last Friday after hours, stating that there was no change in the share structure. Shadle is taking the labor business back private, which does include a bunch of debt associated with it. He paid a $200,000 uh, option to start negotiations with them to get the company back. He also paid about $500,000 for the business. There's going to be a payment, which is due right now, of $300,000, and then another payment of $200,000 down the line. Debt totals associated with the company are north of $1 million. Word on the street is this will lead to pink current because now the only thing in the LTNC financials are several months of beverage revenues. Uh, the Bears obviously did come out in full effect, questioning the deal. Claims are being made about Shadle running the labor business behind Takeover's back, which I've seen Ryan come out and say that was not the case, and the 8K will be amended um, to dictate that. People are also questioning why the 8K lists LTNC as a Nevada corporation when they are a Wyoming company. Um, if you do search the Nevada Business Record Secretary of State uh, website, you will see that there are nine listed companies under LTNC that have a revoked or permanently revoked business status associated with them. People have brought that up as well. Also, if you search takeover in Nevada, it only lists Mike Holly and Toby McBride as officers of the company. I swear the drama involved with this company week after week, day after day is is Emmy worthy. It's it's worse than days of our lives. It's worse than General Hospital. I don't even want soap operas, but I do know about them. It's just, like I say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I do have shares in the company. I am still holding. I am behind this as much as everyone says I'm, I'm not. I'm just giving out the facts and the info as it is uh, put out there on Twitter and everywhere else. We are going to see how this plays out, but you do have Manny Pacquiao now tweeting out uh, some promotional stuff. You do have the CEO who has gone silent. Um, he did retweet something the other day or earlier today about the uh, Manny promotional tweet with the Manny cans that are coming out. Um, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. But, you know, like I said, I'm involved in it. I do have shares. I know Russ is not involved in it anymore, but we'll see how it plays out. They do have a, uh, a couple of weeks until the TD Ameritrade restriction comes into place. And there are still about a couple of months Roughly. I almost got back. I almost got back in, but I went D man. Now I'm down to four hundred. Um, so, right, so, so yeah, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, you know, you, you know, Russ, it, it, it's something that just keeps coming up. It's, it's unavoidable at this point. I don't know what else to say about it. But let's move on, real quick. The NHL released their schedule today. Just some key uh, highlights of uh, key highlights of it, real quick. Um, opening night is Tuesday, October twelfth. Pittsburgh Penguins will be visiting Tampa Bay Lightning, and they will raise their second straight Stanley Cup championship banner. The Seattle Kraken will play their first game as they travel on to Vegas to have a battle of the recent expansion teams. Um, it'll be the opening night doubleheader, both of those games, on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. The All-Star game is going to be in Vegas, 4th and 5th of February is the dates associated with that. The Olympic break will begin on February 7th and run through February 22nd. If they play. They did agree to they did agree to return to the Olympics in the last last collective bargaining agreement uh, that they re-upped last summer. But again, with the International Ice Hockey Federation and NHLPA having issues in COVID-19, uh, there's also some insurance stuff being discussed. Um 
it's it's going to be up in the air as much as they say yes it's, it's happening and the break is put in place you never know what kind of uh, monkey wrench can be thrown in you know what's interesting about the all-star game is that the pro bowl is the same weekend in vegas i tell you vegas is is the oh. vegas Stop is the hot spot one. vegas is a hot spot for sports um it, it's it's unbelievable what they're doing and it, it's creating a creating a heck of a, a sports rush there I, I love what they're doing I went to the years of the first game in Vegas. It was insane out there. They're, they're all into it, too. You really could do some giant cross-promotion with the NFL and NHL just having a massive, you know, sports weekend out there. Yeah. Fuck so it. also just, just throw, in the, throw in the NBA All-Star game, too. Make it, make, make it fucking <laughs> – make the NBA uh, – the, all the skills competition, you know, like Friday night you have your dueling hockey and, and football uh, – hockey and basketball – on ESPN, ESPN two, you do your 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 NBA All Star game like during the afternoon on Saturday, the NHL All Star game at night, and then your Pro Bowl on Sunday. You have a giant and a sports UFC, and a UFC pay per view on Saturday night. Do it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All Star game, NBA at twelve, NHL at at five. <laughs> and, you know, fucking. Conor McGregor resnapping his ankle at eight. <laughs> the, the day drinking involved in that would be epic. We don't want to keep it too long, Sean. Uh, yeah. I'm not really into wrestling as much as I, I used to be as a kid. If you look um, behind me, all these DVDs you see, these are all the shows I used to run because I was a promoter for 10 years. So these are like all the DVDs I did from back in the day. Um, We're definitely going to have to have you back on for that. Absolutely want to get into you with a long you could also, uh, well, you, could see, you can see if Phil Strum wants to come back on and get, get him with it. Yeah, you that'd know, be great. You know who Phil Strum is? Name sounds familiar, but I may have to look him up. I don't really call he, him. He runs Under the Ring on Twitter, at Under the Ring, and he's yeah. a wrestling blogger. He's, yeah, uh, he's got I, a bunch I, of guys. Name uh, sounds familiar, then. All right. So All right. Just, just real, um, WWE held a pay-per-view over the weekend, and John Cena has now returned. Now that WWE is going back to the live events with the crowds, obviously you're going to start seeing some big names appear to get some people back in the building. You now have John Cena, who's setting up a feud at Roman Reigns. Monday night on Raw, you had Bill Goldberg respond. He came out. He's now looking to uh, start a, an angle with uh, Bobby Lashley. Two big guys, two big draws for WWE. Eventually, I, I, you're seeing rumors about The Rock possibly coming back as well. Um, just give us a quick comment on what you think about the big names coming back and how this is going to play out for them. I don't like it from the aspect that you already know the main, you already know the finishes to the two main events now, right? You know, right? Cena's going back to Hollywood. You know, Goldberg's going yep. back. So what's the fucking point? Like, yep. there's no there's no intrigue. It's great to see him, but it's I can see for the house show business would be good, so you can see the guy. But I don't. What's the point of the pay per view? You already know what's going to happen. Correct. You know? And then so also. Also, big news that was just floating over the weekend on Twitter. You have rumors of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan possibly going to AEW. Um, that is the bankroll, huh? <laughs> that is the wrestling organization that's backed by Tony Khan, the owner of the Jaguars from the NFL. They ratings have been lingering. Uh, fans, you know, coming back to the, the arenas now, so. They have a couple of big names there already, but I mean, if you bring these two guys in and CM Punk, MMA didn't work out for him. He, no, uh, <laughs> no, didn't work out at all. 
He's only, I think he's 40 or 42 years old, I just read. So he, he does have some 40, years in the tank. Turns 43. Yeah, he's turning 43, so he does have some years left in the tank. Uh, he's always a big draw. He's great on the mic. Uh, he's had those issues with WWE where he went off and dropped his bombs, so to speak, along the way, on the way out. But those two guys, if they go to AEW, does that put them almost or just on par with the big boys in WWE? Or does that even, you think, down the line put them past WWE with these kind of guys? I don't think it's even they're even a drop in the water to WWE when you look at like the money they make. Yep. And I'm, just, I'm, Brian, I'm looking at viewership, fans, fans viewership and, and eyes on the product. I guess so. Yeah, I guess it'll be the same because what, what did they just do? 1.1 million or something last Wednesday? Is that what and, it was? Yeah, I think Raw did 1.8 or something, 1.9. But uh, oh, yeah. even if you bring these guys in, what are they going to be? They're going to be part-timers. They're not going to be full-timers, right? Yeah, like like WWE. You bring in Brock Lesnar. He does, what, one appearance a month on TV? Or well, two appearances they, a month on them. TV? Yeah. yeah. but He's not there right. all the time. I think if they bring in Daniel Bryan and uh, Punk, I'll pop a rating to start. It's just a long term. And I wonder how the hell they book all these. You got two hours of TV, right? Yeah. How do you book all these guys who just signed Christian? They just, they have so many guys they're not using already. Like, how do you fit in everybody? It yeah. opens the idea of possibly some kind of streaming deal with an extra show on some kind of streaming platform or a second show of some sort, maybe YouTube. I mean, it opens up doors for, for many things if they're going to go that route. But again, it all costs money. How much money? I'm, really jaded, I'm jaded, but how many hours of wrestling can you fucking watch? <laughs> That's true too. I mean, a loyal a loyal WWE guy is watching three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. They're watching NXT. You have events going on on the YouTube channels and the and the pay network pay per view. You got podcasts going on with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, how much can you really? How much time can you really put aside for this? Is is a good question. Yeah, I'm a hockey and UFC guy. That's my two favorite things, but. I watch I sometimes I put the wrestling on the background, but I really can't get into it and I just can't see so you signing all these guys and asking people who're gonna watch two, three, four extra hours of this stuff a week. It just seems a lot. Yeah, it's a it's it's a lot. It's tough. Uh, and then if you want to follow the other stuff too, like the independence and all that the the NWA and the TNA, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's it's too much. I, I how many how many fucking podcasts does that Conrad Thompson have now? Like thirty? <laughs> <laughs> you know how do you keep track i used to listen to bruce pritchard when i just i can't keep up with it no more i had to stop you know yeah these days every asshole has a podcast <laughs> hey, look at us <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right sean man great talking with you like i said this is probably my favorite episode it, this you know this was a really good conversation at least i i thought it was so yeah man a good time sean when the uh when the book is ready to drop We'd love to have you back on. Definitely oh, uh, plug the book and uh, let us know where we can get it, when it's coming out, everything else. I know you're still in uh, production with it, but when it's yeah, ready, hoping, uh, reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. If it, if it comes out in September, we could definitely have you on with it. And do a, I guess a Rangers uh, – I guess we'd have an idea of who's going to be what, doing what for the season. So. Yep. I'll get my fireplace. So I'll read in front of the fireplace the first chapter. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Uh, bye bye. Um, All right, here we go, Russ. Right, let's, let's Listen, hour and forty minutes with these guys. It was. It was I know. It's great. Not, I loved it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I gotta speed through the rest of this. <laughs> um, we don't got much more left. Uh, no. Um, at this point, I can really give two shits about baseball. I love it, but it's we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. However, my one topic I really wanted to talk about um, – actually, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis 
just an absolute monster. I thought the Suns up to nothing. That was it. They, 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 Chris Paul was getting his championship. These fuckers won four in a row, and Giannis dropping fifty points, fourteen rebounds in in in, in Game Six. And uh, I, I think it said he's the first player to win what Finals MVP. He was the Eastern Conference MVP and win the win whatever win the champion and Defensive Player of the Year. That's what it was. He won something Jordan didn't do. Yeah, so uh, Jordan won all three of those, just not all at the same time. Um, yeah, he was uh, Giannis was absolutely out of control, and uh, you know, congrats to them. He went over to Chick Fil A and ordered a fifty piece nugget with, with the trophy in hand. <laughs> and uh, I think he, I think he even tried to get you know free food for life, but uh, you know, congrats to them. And, and I gotta tell you, I, I didn't sound like the sexiest NBA Finals between the Suns and the Bucks, but oh, excuse me, but you, you didn't have a super team winning it. You know, you had you had the the Nets knocked out of there with you know with Harden and uh, you know Kevin Durant and all them, and uh, they listened. They built a good team there and surrounded Giannis with some talent without going to the super team. And, uh, hey, they got their championship. A, so It was a good story. They uh, The fifth team to win an NBA Finals after trailing 2 nothing. Last time that happened was in 2006 with Miami over Dallas. Which I believe um, was uh, LeBron's first. Yeah. We're just going to uh, go with that, even if it's wrong. It's definitely uh, <laughs> definitely uh, a good story, like, like we said on a previous show. The four teams that were left in the final four of the NBA all had not won a championship in like what fifty years? About 40, 40 or something. Well, that, that's what uh, that's the Bucks were fifty year wait. So uh, yeah, congrats so to them. And like I said, is Giannis has uh, got all the hardware now. So uh, also one last NBA thing: the NBA draft is a week from tonight in Brooklyn. Uh, next week we will cover that real quick, just with a couple of. Uh, couple of prospects and the and the draft order but it's uh gonna be next next week on july 29th so we'll get into that next week and now let's get on to baseball real quick russ a lot going on in baseball all right so uh, well i guess we'll end the show with the uh i'll do the nfl next mandate the next mandate i don't even know what the fuck i was just saying the uh the (laughs) nfl uh vaccine mandate but uh baseball home run derby all right uh pete alonzo was an absolute monster and hold on I say goodnight to my son. Hello. <laughs> hey, buddy. All right. If you're not going to say hello, at least get right at the finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Love you. All right. Uh, Pete Alonzo was an absolute monster. Uh, I know the big talk was Shui Otani. Yep. And he absolutely tired out quickly in the first round. Uh, he still put on the show. But I don't think he was prepared to the how exhausting it actually was. Uh, Trey Mancini was a big surprise. You know, this guy battled cancer, came back, and uh, put on a show. But Pete was just Pete hitting hitting fucking bombs. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, some people didn't like his little head bop into the music and seemed a little over arrogant. But it's a home run derby, good shit. And uh, of course, I'm a Mets fan speaking, so uh, that was cool. Um, he won that the the American League. Won again, um, and I don't think the National League's won for a bunch of years now. What was it like five, six, seven years? Russ, in a row? I, I want to say I saw some extreme stat where in the, and I'm 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 gonna be wrong, but in the last I want to say like 26 or 29 years in the All Star game, 
the National League has won like six times. Yeah, it's something crazy, and I think they have like the American League has won like a shitload in a row here. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy how the uh, the leagues have played out like that. Um, All right, real other, quick, two other quick incidents with the uh, the league, uh, and I, after the All Star break, there was a shooting in the middle of the Nationals Padres game that sent people running into the stands and running into the dugout. Fernando Tatis grabbing Junior grabbing people and bringing them to the dugout. And I still don't even know if they caught the guy. It just kind of disappeared from the news a little bit. Um, but very, very scary scene. It was like in the parking lot outside, but also like on the concourse. I don't know how it really truly worked there. Um, what do you call it? Uh, but very, very scary situation. I think four people were shot. I don't think anyone died, thankfully. Um, could be wrong. But like I said, he's a, it was in the news, all over the news, and then just – I haven't seen it really what the aftermath uh, was. And in the American League, you had the Yankees and Red Sox, where the Red Sox outfielder Verdugo apparently tossed the ball into the stands to a fan. Another fan got it. And when Verdugo had his back turned, threw it at him and hit him in the back. And, and it doesn't seem that crazy, but that's a terrible, you know. Listen, you can hit him in the head, whatever, but that's something you don't do. You know, I know MLB banned that fan from all stadiums, which yep. I'd be interesting to see how that works, you know, um, um, unless they're using facial recognition on everybody coming in, which I don't think they are. But it was a dickhead thing to do. Yes, it and, was. And, uh, you know, I, as a salty Mets fan, I have to say these dickhead Yankee fans. <laughs> and uh, But, uh, no, it was a shit thing to do. The guy's got his back turned. He tossed the ball to a fan. He took it and tossed it at him. And, listen, for all you know, he – could have turned and hit him in the eye. Could have turned and hit him in the back of the head, just the wrong spot. You know, and, you know, I don't know how, you know, anything could happen, but, you know, that was big news for the other night too. So we'll go right, real, the, uh, real quick, let me just uh, run down the standings for the uh, American League. In the AL East, you have the Red Sox with a one-game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Rays uh, in the Central, you have the White Sox with an eight-and-a-half-game lead over the Indians. In the West, you have the Astros with a three-game lead over the Oakland A's. Looking at the AL wildcard picture, you have Tampa in the top spot, Oakland in the second spot. Oakland is two and a half games behind Tampa. Now behind both of those teams, you have the Yankees and Mariners are three and a half games behind the A's. You have Toronto four and a half games behind the A's, and the Indians are five games behind the A's. Russ, do you want to uh, go over to the National League? I do. As soon as I pull back up the, the document that showed the National League. All right. So obviously, I already know my Mets are still in first, but they're hanging on. And of course, the first game out of the All Star break, uh, they go six nothing in the eighth and end up losing on a fucking grand slam. Uh, epic that blow up. All, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, we had an epic back and forth home run derby the other night that we won, um, but they're barely ahead of the Phils. Uh, still got Jacob Degrom is out. Uh, he was throwing again today. Hopefully, he comes back. Having a really weird season. Uh, his numbers are incredible, strikeout wise and ERA wise. But he's not putting in the innings, and he keeps getting short starts and half injured from different. Very, very weird. Uh, very, very weird. Unless he starts pitching like crazy, you know, longer innings and starts winning a bunch of games, I don't think he's going to win the Cy Young. But he's still going to have these crazy stats. It's going to mm -hmm. be very, very odd. Because his, you know, with his ERA and strikeouts, he's he's worthy of it again to be nominated. But doesn't have 
the innings. And like I said, his bunch of games where he got wins, he pitched five, six innings and just got came out. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I know that they're potentially looking into Jose Barrios in Minnesota, yep. who subsequently just traded Nelson Cruz to Tampa Bay. So yep. it looks like they're starting to uh, they're starting to unload. Um, moving over to the Central, the Milwaukee Brewers have a six and a half game lead on the Cincinnati Reds, and that's kind of the division that's that, you know in the Midwest that really does anybody care about? No. <laughs> I mean, we got our buddy Ryan on the show. He's a Cardinal Saint, loves him. But does any does the Milwaukee Brewers really excite you? No, no. Sorry. But hey, they got an NBA champion now, so they, they got an NBA and- champion. Oh, well, then again, you know what? Maybe this is this is the year. Everything went through yep. Tampa, and now we're transferring over to yep. Milwaukee. Yep, the Brew Crew. Here we go. Jump um, on that bandwagon. But the NL West, San Fran with a two game lead over the Dodgers, and still the Padres. Had, it, this really is a three headed just. It's quite quite the race, you know. It's yep. it's sad that one of these teams are might not uh might not get in or whatnot to the playoffs, but uh it's quite good. You got the but even though the Dodgers are trailing the West, they do lead the wild card. Uh, Padres are three and a half games behind the Dodgers, and what do you call it? The Reds six games out. The Cardinals and Phillies are seven. Uh, I don't see the Cardinals and Phillies coming back. Um, they're pretty much out. Uh, Big news with Toronto, supposedly, and next week they're going back home to Toronto. Um, the Canadian government has lifted their COVID border restrictions, supposedly, and then also they reinstated them and extended them to August 23rd. So I don't know how that's going to affect the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, uh, maybe it might delay them coming back. I don't know. I don't know how the might, scheduling will work. Might be a uh, sports exception of some sort. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's going to get worked out, though. But you're going to have uh, possibly some fireworks on July 30th with the trade deadline at 4 o'clock. Yep. Uh, pretty much we're looking at Chicago Cubs potentially blowing it all up. Uh, I mean, listen, they got they got their championship, and I guess now it's time that all these guys are uh, – maybe it's time to just restart. So, um, like I said, if Minnesota already started blowing it up, you got Jose Barrios possibly available, Byron Buxton. Um, Josh Donaldson, um, we can see, you know, what are the nationals going to do? Maybe they, 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 you know, they let Max Scherzer go, you know, they got their title, you know, maybe it's time to, to start over there. Uh, could Joey Gallo be moving, uh, Eduardo Escobar, you know, they all could be moving. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see who's buyers. I would think the Mets will be buyers. Uh, you know, the Dodgers, the, the Padres are all running for a race. Um, Maybe an outside chance the Phillies or the Braves. The Braves lost Acuna, but then they ended up acquiring uh, Jack Pedersen. Um, see what goes on there. And like I said, now the Tampa Bay Rays uh, acquired Nelson Cruz, <coughs> so it should be an interesting trade deadline. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I know my partner here. He uh, talked to me about a thirty for thirty coming up with my Mets soon. Um, yeah. They, uh, they just released that news the other day. ESPN is doing a 30 for 30 called Once Upon a Time in Queens. It's going to cover the 86 Mets, a four-part documentary on September 14th and 15th on ESPN. Definitely going to be something to watch as uh, as Mets fans are going to rejoice in the 86 championship run. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll end the show with the NFL news. The NFL came out with a new mandate. 
that if you have a COVID outbreak that's linked back to unvaccinated players, you will force to be you will force to forfeit a game. And it's their way of forcing players to get vaccinated. And it's a really, opens up it's opens really, up Pandora's box. It's a really tough spot. You know, I don't care if you got vaccinated or you didn't get you don't want to get vaccinated. It's your choice. And you know, I'm perfectly fine with any of it, but it's a tough spot here because these players make millions of dollars and have a team of people and thousands of fans that spend hundreds of millions of dollars on the team. It's a really tough spot to force somebody to take a drug that's still not FDA approved um, and force it to them. But on the other hand, if you forfeit a game and lose, this is they saying that nobody can get paid. This is now fucking with their money. Yep. And it's a really tough decision. And I know one of the big proponents of it was Cole Beasley, who didn't want to get vaccinated. And that's his choice. Um, but now basically forcing him that, you know, if you don't get vaccinated and you cause an outbreak, you know, basically nobody's getting paid on both teams and you're forfeiting a game. So my other side question, which would make me think, let's, let's say the Bills were playing the Steelers and that happened. They have to forfeit. Does that mean the Steelers automatically get a win? Yeah. Forfeit is you, you lose. No, I know that. But, you know, that's kind of odd that you would automatically give them a, a win. I would think other teams would be pissed off about them. Almost like you're changing the, the records to say, all right, Bills get a loss affecting their win-loss percentage. But, you know, kind of going uh, – I don't know how that would work. I didn't really think about that. Like you would think, obviously, you have to give them a win, but then I would think other teams. Let's say you lose out to the Steelers by one game, and their one game win was a fucking was a forfeit. But it's bringing up an interesting point. Like I said, is you're right, opening Pandora's box. And I know that DeAndre Hopkins came out and said that he might consider quitting football. Um, Jalen Rose, Jalen Ramsey was saying that it's a personal decision. Not on him, but if a teammate caused the forfeit, but he believes it's their choice that he, he fans will be mad, but he wouldn't be mad at them. It's their personal choice to not get vaccinated. And but like I said, though, is, you know, you have a team of people relying on you that this is your job. Your job is to go out there and win and play football. But at the same time as you want to force them to take a vaccine that they're not sure of and, it's a really, really, really fucked up spot, and it's uh, it's questionable on a lot of different a uh, lot of different roads, whether it's ethics, medical, HIPAA, uh, you know, just forfeits and records and playoffs and fans. I mean, people who travel. I mean, you have yeah. the umbrella of things this falls under is is huge. I mean, yeah, TV when we be broadcasting a game, I, and I, I know it's. I can That's understand not the both thing either, I, but still. I, yeah, I can understand both sides of the argument, and I don't know if there's really a right answer here. You, you know, all the people sitting there saying, "Well, it's their choice." You know, listen, you have a lot of people relying on you, and this is your job, and you're it's there's millions of dollars at stake. On the other hand of it, you know, what do you call it? On the other hand of it, you have people who are sitting there that, you know, are questioning the validity of it, and. and you know, you know, nobody knows the true long-term effects and to force a person to do this, 
you know, is, is hard. So, yeah, you know, like I said, as I understand both sides of it, but it opens up a, a whole a whole litany of issues and uh, on both sides, you know, I'd be mad if, if you know, teammate of mine, you, know, you can't really be mad at causing an outbreak. It just it happens. You know, he chooses who gets it. But, you know, I, I'd be mad well, too. If we didn't get paid for whatever. And especially if you're, especially for a player like making the league minimum, that doesn't make the big salary. So the other is the idea and now you won't get you won't get COVID, meaning you won't sick, but you still have the germ in your body and can pass it on to somebody yeah, else. You can still get it. It's just more or less this vaccine is that you, you don't. Yeah. So die. that you know, whole thing is a whole different aspect of this, but it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is a really tough spot to to, to force people to do it, but yet, like I said, is you know this is your job and your you know. All your teammates depending on you, a city depending on you, and you know it's a, it's like I said, so it's, it's a shitty situation. And I, I, my part of it, I just don't like that they're forcing it on them. You know, it's an opinion thing, and uh, you know if you don't want it, don't get it. But you know, we'll see what happens with that. And hey, for all we know, listen, we start hearing about it now. Even even if you're vaccinated, people still get it. There's still you know small outbreaks. You know, it's yeah. gonna happen. We'll have to keep an eye on it and see how it plays out. Because uh, training camp is training camp starts what next week? Yeah, I think training camps are starting next week, so it's definitely going to become an issue with any COVID scares uh, starting when camps open. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, and uh, I don't have a video this week, but I guess we'll go with some funny news uh, out by uh, us in Long Island. There was a uh, <laughs> big, big news on Wednesday that everybody got an alert thinking it was like a fucking child child lost alert or a silver alert for an elderly. No, it was a goddamn wild bull on the loose. And <laughs> listen, I, I'm, I'm not in the fucking sticks or farmland. I'm in the fucking <laughs> And uh, even where it got lost is still kind of the suburbs. Um, yep. And I kind of I died laughing because Newsday – released a poll on, on bull names and, and, uh, they kind of caught my eye and, uh, I had to, I had to tell them here. First one up was bully Joel. <laughs> and, uh, love that one. Uh, and my favorite, uh, I don't know if many people remember the, uh, was Amy Fisher and Joey, Buttafuoco. so we have Joey. by <laughs> me. So I kind of laughed at people are trying to come up with all these, uh, come up with all these names so but the bully joel was i think that was a great one it's still on the loose out there right it's still on the loose i still don't get why listen i understand that they say it's 1500 pounds but and it's dangerous but why not tranquilize the fucking thing like yeah is that the whole thing like harambe they fucking shot like i don't know advocating yeah. for the thing to be shot dead but you can't tranquilize it and then elephant darts i mean really yeah. Hey, lift it with a crane, bring it to a sanctuary. There are a group looking for it saying that they, they capture it, they're going to bring it to a sanctuary and let it live out. So that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a bull. Bulls aren't really used for uh, – um, aren't really used for the meat. Only, <laughs> only, well, only ground beef, Yeah. which, uh, believe it or not, the uh, which I didn't even know that until the other day. I thought they weren't eating at all, but uh, they are. And uh, But, yeah, oh, I kind of like can't use a tranquilizer, but, yes, this – about by me, is a fucking wild bull on the loose. So you'd think we'd be living in Montana or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right. All right. This is going to put a wrap on episode 16. This was a uh, fucking the longest one and probably this, my favorite one. So this was a good one. I uh, I, I could talk that, I could talk hockey all day and night. You know that. I do know that sitting in my well, my kitchen chairs for two hours though my, my back's ready for uh, a backyotomy. So. All right, we'll be back next week with episode seventeen. Stick to the uh, Twitter page, and we'll update you on episode date, time, and guest if there is going to be one. We will get into a bunch of stuff next week. A replay of this is always available on our YouTube channel at the EAT podcast. And tomorrow, the audio from this will be uploaded to our Spotify channel as well. Uh, From New York, have a great night. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week. Russ, take care, buddy. We'll see you next week, all right? Later.